Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist. But this week we're actually doing a soundtrack. We're doing the soundtrack to the classic movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of run through all the songs. We're not going to spend too much time on, on a lot of them because they're they're more just instrumental things. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get through the, the 20 or 19 or 20 songs or parts of the score. We're also going to give out like little facts, little things, and kind of how we feel about each song and which one's our favorite songs, and this and that. And if we have any stinkers, we'll bring those up as well. Um, if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, Spotify especially. Give us five stars, five stars only. Uh, we have a phone number you can call, leave us a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. And we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. And that's all I got for the intro. So let's just jump right into the soundtrack to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Or do you want to throw out like some facts or what do you want to do? Whatever, you, whatever, 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 whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever. So, okay, so real quick, this movie. I don't, I don't Nightmare... see why you would present this as, as any different type of episode than a normal episode. We, we do, I don't know. Uh, I just... Maybe origin stories. We could do like, okay. initial thoughts. We could do like. Okay, you're right. Let's anything. do that. Yeah. You, you're I, acting I guess like this is okay. your fucking first time here. I know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Is it your and first time? We just, we just did a soundtrack. Is like, it your what? first time? Two months ago, yes, this is, is the first your time. I've okay, done this. so that's fine. Then, if it's your first time, I, I will, I will uh, allow that bet. Um, but yeah, we just so, did a, a soundtrack. I don't know why <laughs> this is so difficult for me this week. You know, we've been doing this uh, podcast for podcast for six years, and, and half, uh, half yeah. of this podcast is is completely just nonsense. Anyway, we rarely ever True. get into the actual nitty gritty of of the album, unless it's a blink or, or uh, just actually or that's about it. Corner something, yeah. Uh, oh. Mm, uh, uh. Okay, so so Bad. the Nightmare Before Christmas came out October thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. So we were uh, six years old at this time. So, what are your what are your what's your origin story with this? <laughs> Did you see this when this came out? Or I'm trying here. I'm trying. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that I did. I don't. Honestly, I have really no no definite facts, no definite memories of this movie until high school, and it wasn't until high school. When um, I don't know, really drama class, being in drama and in that whole scene, when when it starts to do to kind of come back to me, and that's when I really got into like musicals and, and I guess drama in general. Being in drama class got me into drama, right? Drama, oh, drama, drama, right? rama. So that's that's really when I I kind of dove into the Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't think I saw it as a kid. I I would have to ask my mom to see if she remembers ever taking me, but I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> Okay. We never went to the movies that often as a kid. She would just show me like old 80s horror movies that would scare the fucking shit out of me. (laughs) See, my mom was the opposite. I was never allowed to watch those kind of old horror movies from the 70s and 80s, but we'd go to to the movies all the time. Complete opposite for me. But um, yeah, this movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, I I really don't remember seeing it until probably seventh or eighth grade. 
um, I was over at a friend's house and they really liked this movie and we threw it on one night. And, what friend? Uh, Sean. Bet. <laughs> you're so fucking annoying with this. People who have who who are listening right now, Jeff has been doing this stupid thing before we were even recording, and it. it's so obnoxious. Where he just says bet. That's, bet. What, that's what kids say. I wonder if like I wonder if our our listeners are outside of of the 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 Southwest United States. I wonder if kids say this this slang everywhere, or if it's just bet. a regional thing. Bet it sounds very regional, and it just means yeah, right? It just yeah, like fuck yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Bet. I think I don't know. I'm I'm 35. You know what's crazy? Like remember, remember when tricks were for kids only, and then there was they they stopped making like shapes and it was just little balls. Yes, yes. And then and then you remember like like the whole like joke was no, they're not. They're still shapes. It's just because you're an adult now, you actually don't see you don't see them anymore. You don't see the shapes because you're an adult. Because tricks are for kids, not adults. Oh, that's stupid. That's funny though. That's cute. I like it. It's, I it's it. cute. It's funny. Yeah, but it's yeah. But uh, I don't know why I, I brought up this uh, this analogy. I don't know why you brought up the tricks thing either, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. The first time I saw it, I, I was in middle school, and um, I remember not really caring for it. And it just I I didn't really like musicals at all. I still kind of don't like musicals. Um, so yeah, I just I didn't get the hype. I still don't get the hype. Um, but it's a cool movie. It overall, it's a cool movie, but it's way too hyped up. The music's fine. It's cool at moments, it, but it is not fine. It is fucking great. This it's movie good. is it's, great. It's Everything about this movie is great. Nothing about this movie is fine. <laughs> Maybe no, Tim right, Burton's right. actual involvement was fine. Other than that, this yeah, movie is great. You're right. It, it it's a solid movie, but it's still really overrated. You got to take the hot topic that. out of the movie. But you can't. I mean, it, when we were fuck in the early two thousands, it was just. Everybody was wearing Nightmare Before Christmas stuff, especially the Oogie Boogie stuff. And it's like, dude, Oogie Boogie's only in it for like four or five minutes. He's in the beginning, Barely fucking in it. He's in the God beginning damn. and the end. It's it's dumb. I don't know why he's so like beloved. One, he's a villain, which you should never really care for. A villain. Jack Skellington's a fucking villain. Yeah, technically he is. He is, but he's less of a villain than Oogie Boogie. That's silly. It, this movie's. Ugh. I'm so conflicted with it because it's a really cool, well-made movie, but the hype is just—it's, I just—it's hard to get past it. It's really hard to get past it. But okay. I'm trying. Well, I'm trying. Right. So yeah, middle school is my my origin story. So let's um, do we just want? Oh, so we we also did mention before the podcast we didn't really realize until this week, but Tim Burton didn't have a lot of involvement with this. Yeah, it was his story kind of. And his characters and, and and his creation, but he didn't direct it, he didn't write it. Um, well, he had a loose story, but he didn't do like the screenplay or anything like that. He was barely even there for the stop for all the animation stuff. So it's pretty crazy. I, I had no idea. So so it was this guy Henry Selick, who who mm-hmm. did most of it, and and he he kind of like attributed to like like Tim Burton laid the egg while Henry Selick like sat on the egg and hatched the bird. And I think yeah, that, did all I think the that makes work. sense. Yeah, he did all the fucking work. But like it wouldn't exist he lived, he without all the, the fucking idea. animation. It True, wouldn't but exist he did all the fucking without, animation, man. But then you look at at, at, the, at the other stuff Henry Selleck has done. James and the Giant Peach, Coraline, Monkey Bone. Dude, Coraline is fucking great. I still watch Coraline. I haven't Coraline. seen Coraline. Oh my god. I've seen James and the Giant Peach. I saw that I saw that before I saw Nightmare. Same here. I saw James enough. and the Giant Peach. I think I saw James and the Giant Peach in theaters. That was that was I one did, of the I did theaters. see it. Yeah, and it I fucking scared me when I was a kid. 
<laughs> but goddamn, Jane the Giant Peach is fantastic. Coraline is fantastic. Movie. Monkey Bone, we we're dude, we we're just we we're just talking about her boy, Brendan Fraser. S- crazy un- underrated, like like darker comedy, whatever. But Henry Selick, great director, did a lot of really really cool shit, and it's this is like Tim Burton's baby. So he just gave it to somebody else to do all the work and then put his name on it, and then gets mad when people like call him out on it, and that's annoying. Yeah, I don't like that. And I like Tim Burton. He has a lot of really great movies. And then I was reading also like what he was doing. The the reason why he wasn't he says he wasn't involved that much in this movie was because he was doing Batman Returns and Ed Wood. And I completely forgot about that movie, Ed Wood. That is a great, great fucking movie. I don't think you've ever seen, seen Ed Wood. Oh, it's so fucking good, man. That's I I completely forgot about it until this week, but no, it's a great movie. Because I'm I'm not a big fan of Batman Returns. I think Batman Returns is a little too goofy. Batman itself is goofy, one. but at least Batman kind of just like, oh wow, this is a new Batman, something cool that we haven't seen before. I guess I don't know. I wasn't. Um, I don't know. Returns was better than the first one. I don't know about that. I, I really know about think that, it's better dude. than the first one. Well, either way, um, Michael Keaton's not a good Batman. No, I don't. I don't think he's a good Batman at all. No, but, he's a terrible Batman. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not the Nolan trilogy, I don't care. I, you know what? And I like Val Kilmer a lot. I thought he he had a really good bat. He did a really good Batman. He doesn't play the rich, the rich like like spoiled brat that mm-hmm. well because it's not nuanced with with. Why are we talking about Batman? Val Kilmer is not <laughs> not not like nuanced with the rich boy to where he's just posing as a rich boy, but he's really a good guy. Val Kilmer's rich boy was kind of just like he's actually is a spoiled little brat, whiny little bitch. There, there was no, there was no like deeper complexity to him, to his performance. Nah, mm, eh. I still liked him. Eh. I still liked him better than Michael Keaton. Eh. He is, he is. I, obviously, Christian Bale's the best. The best, without a doubt. He is the best. Sure. Be- and then, and then probably, probably after Val Kilmer, then probably Ben Affleck. He wasn't a bad Batman either. He just got a really shitty movie. Nah, about Ben Affleck was a shit Batman. No, he was. Yeah, it was terrible. He's trash. Whatever. Anyway, let's move on. Let, 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 let's get back into Moving on. Nightmare Before Christmas. We, we're already, you know, fucking... Off the rails, baby. Yeah, That's already. what happens when there's no structure. Well, we did structure before. Timing but... and structure. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you're... Oh, that's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're, the Blink is, re- is, is, is related to this, right? I miss you. We can live like Jack and Sally. Yeah, okay. This was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Ninja Turtles um, Two. Is that what you're recording, Donatello? No, I was actually trying to do. Oh. Um, I was trying to do Will Sasso doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I was, no, he just goes yeah. He does that 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 yeah, but it's very kind of <laughs> like he's agreeing with them, not the interrupting yeah yeah yes. But <laughs> never mind. Yeah. We're not going to get into dudesy again. Um, so the music in the Nightmare Before Christmas it's scored. The music, every all the music is written by Danny Elfman, the singer songwriter from Oingo Boingo. He's done a lot of Tim Burton stuff. I mean, he did the Batman movies. He's done. He did the Simpsons, right? Didn't he do the theme song for the Simpsons? Yeah, yeah and they he, all I mean, they all kind of have that that t- that uh, that Danny Elfman feel to it. That kind of like yeah. dun, 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 like right that little that little like lower. There's end always this like high end. Boom, 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 boom. It's like it's a, it's very it has this like kind of tension to all of his music too, but. Uh, yeah, so so he did the music and everything like that. He was Jack Skellington's singing voice, 
but uh, Chris Sarandon was the actual speaking voice for for Jack Skellington. But but Danny Elfman, I I mean, outside of the animation, Danny Elfman is the the true hero of this entire movie. He really is. He's, yeah. His songs are just so unique. They're so fucking cool. And I, like I said, I don't really like musicals, but there's some really, really great songs on here. Some okay songs, but they're still not bad by any means. But Danny Elfman, man, he's a he's an interesting character too. Very, very interesting character. So we got we got we got essentially ten, ten songs. When everything else is kind of just just taking parts of those ten songs and 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 making interludes or overtures of a tears. Oh, or anything like that. I I think this this um, what was I saying earlier? It was really annoying. I don't remember. Like a, like a, something like that. Bet. I, I, I bet. I think I think this 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 movie is set up like an opera rather than like uh, like a traditional musical. Like these these songs are are seamless. They they are people just talking, doing things, but also singing rather than. Like let's stop what's going on. Let's have an aside. As far as like stage performances, let's have an aside. Now I'm talking to the audience. Now I'm talking either just to myself and doing a song. And then like after the song's done, let's get back into the plot. These are things that are just they're moving the plot along. The songs move the plot along. And that's very that's very operatic. That's 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 not necessarily like a traditional musical thing in the sense i don't know i i think mm-hmm. that that is really cool i think that's really really fucking rad we we're getting we we're getting dialogue like the town hall meeting when when jack is telling them about his plan fucking fantastic that is on that is unbelievable stuff he is i mean well, i guess that's a little bit later on but we'll get to that yeah, that's we'll what i think overall <laughs> i agree with you i agree with you it, the, the the story flows really nice um some of the characters i mean like i said oogie boogie like why? Why is he so popular? The whole romance because he's between so Jack cool. and the romance between Jack and Sally, I don't. I don't it's not existed it. until the fucking end when they yeah, kiss. Yeah, until the it's very like, what? end. She, what he liked her? What? <laughs> I know it comes out of fucking nowhere, but um. So yeah, so we kind of start out the movie, you know, the opening, all that kind of stuff is just orchestra score, all that kind of stuff, and then it drops into this is Halloween, the true introduction I feel to the movie. Where everybody's singing, you know, Jack, the villagers, everybody's in it. It's a great up kind of, I mean, I, I don't want to say uplifting, but it is an uplifting song. The song, this movie and these songs in general are very dark. They're very melancholy, especially the Jack's Lament, the song that comes after This is Halloween. Um, but I, I think This is Halloween is a fucking banger. It's my 2B. For sure, my 2B. Okay. I mean, don't you agree? I just how, just kind of how, it's just a great introduction, a great poppy introduction. Didn't quite list them as like bees. Um, this would be my my. I guess, I guess if I was going to list them as tears, this would be like like upper bees for me. Absolutely, you're introducing mm-hmm. the story here, introducing the characters. We're getting a lot of different characters here. The, the fucking creature under the bed, right? I'm the one hiding under your bed. Teeth growing sharp, man. Nice glowing red. Like that's very <laughs> like fucking. That's very like a what? You, what is that? Motionless and white era band. Whatever that is, I don't know. What is Wait, that called? I don't what, yeah, motionless and white. That band, metalcore. That's very like metalcore. Oh, metalcore. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Are bad, and we'll get, I don't know. That, that's fun, I guess. <laughs> but but like my favorite part of this is the vampires. Right. I like the the vampires. The vampires in this movie yeah. fucking slay me. I think they're so fucking funny. 
And I, I, I like I like their part because it's in this town we call home because they're already harming with themselves. And then everybody hail to the pumpkin song. I just mm-hmm. like I like that word hail. Hail is such a cool word. It's such a powerful word. It's a throwaway word that we don't mm-hmm. use that often. We need to bring back hail more often. We need to hail. That's true. Everybody, everyone hail to the pumpkin song. It's like, dude, you're not even the fucking... Like you're just followers, but you're vampires. Like you're, you're vampires, dude. You can just kill whoever you want, suck their blood. But you're healing to the pumpkin song, not the pumpkin king. The song. This is a town that that is coming together for Halloween because they love, they think they love one thing, and that is just Halloween. I don't know. It's cool. It is. It's, it, cool. it's a great song. So I'm going to play a little bit of This Is Halloween. I'll play some of these songs, not all of them. Uh, from uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Halloween, the opener from the transition uh, the from the vampires to the mayor, right? <laughs> it's, it's really just, good. It, it goes from that that really low guttural fucking thing under the stairs to that 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 thing and under the whatever the spiders, and then it goes into the vampires, which is very swingy. This whole song's got a good swing to it. That it does. Doom, doom, doom. And then like the vampires hit it, and then the mayor comes in, which is so goofy, right? In this town. Very boisterous, <laughs> very, very aggressive. Kind of like off off beat a little bit, but still finds its place. Damn, that's good. That is fucking so good. It is. And the mayor too. I like I like his whole design, like the the two faces and everything like that. It's really cool. And he goes between the two faces, like his head spins around and shit. Dude, dude like, oh, so the two-faced, right? A two-faced politician. That's what that is kind mm-hmm. of playing off of. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. He has a quote later on where he says, like, Jack, when he's looking for Jack, and he's like, Jack, I, like, I'm just an elected official. I can't make decisions. That was another little dig at politicians. Well, Well-crafted yeah. character here. So good. So great. I totally agree. Totally agree. And the line Great in the song, the, movie. the line in the song, "Tender dumplings," like ten, they says, like tender dumplings everywhere. Life's no fun without a good scare. Tender dumplings is a is the Oingo Boingo song from like their fucking seventh oh, eighth album. Yeah. Oh no shit. Okay. Were you that ever a big Oingo Boingo fan? No, I I like I like only a lad. I think I think Dead Man's Party is, is cool. Like yeah. It's fun. I have I have only a lad on the vinyls, but that's just because. That's oh, yeah, like you the do only... like that song. Yeah, you do like that. 
I like I like little girls. That song, I, that song is yes. fucking phenomenal. It's so good. But the but the album itself is is really great. There's a lot of cool songs on it. But the band is the band's cool. I don't know. I just it's eighties music. I, I I didn't I didn't grow up listening to eighties music. Yeah, my mom and dad used to listen to Oingo Boingo when I was when I was really young. I remember them playing Oingo Boingo. But I, I never I never really liked it as a kid, so I never really listened to it growing up. But or as you know, as in as a teenager and stuff. But I mean I, I really respect Danny Elfman. I think he's a great he is a great songwriter. And this is this proves it, you know, this is one thing that proves that. But and the same um, with like like Devo too, right? Like Devo, I didn't never really grew up listening to Devo at all outside of Whip It. Yeah. But then when we started getting into the vinyls, and then I picked up their first album, and that, that was just like fucking blew me away. I cannot believe Great it was record. that good. Yeah. So and just, now I, I understand know. why people. Are, we're so inspired by Devo. I mean, that first record is fucking great. It's unreal. I totally get it, yeah. But, all right, so this is Halloween. Uh, are we good with this song? Should we move on? Yeah. Tender Dumplings, okay. baby. That's all I got. Okay, so we so then we get into Jack's Lament. He's, at this point in the story, he's just kind of tired of how it's the same old celebration year after year. He wants something new. He wants something different. He wants more excitement. And he's trying to figure out what, what he can do to spruce up Halloween. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a sad, it's a sad, somber kind of melancholy kind of song and it's fine. It's good. It, it's a good way to progress a story. Cause like you said, th- this movie does, the soundtrack does a really good job at progressing the story through the music and lyrics and the music rather than jumping from a story from a scene into a dance number or whatever. It's really well done. This and is, um, that. if, if I were to like, like put bees on them, this might be like my top B. I really like the Oogie Boogie song, but this might mm-hmm. be like my, my one B. What what B is this for you? Uh, this isn't a B for me. Whoa! Yeah, I just... Whoa! I have six Bs. I have six Bs and this isn't one of them. Wow. 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 I, I, I love this. It's so somber and depressing, but also has like this hint of, of, of like self-confidence and just wanting more. This is your classic I want song that we see from most, if not all, Disney princesses, right? Yeah. Like, every fucking right. Disney princess movie has, like, an I want song. What are their their dreams or aspirations of those characters? This is it. But it's kind of, like, not exactly like an I want song because... Because it's a, not inspirational. A... It's not... Because normally with, with the songs from those Disney movies, like, yeah, it starts off kind of sad, but then it builds and builds and builds, and then, and then it becomes this... It, it's this huge crescendo, and it's super positive and happy, and then the story starts, and then they they build that character after the song. But this one, Jack's Lament, it's not like that at all. It's there's no up, there's nothing about it is uplifting. But it's, I mean, like even even in Little Mermaid, when she's talking about uh, part of your world, that's not that's a little mm-hmm. bit depressing because she's really she wants to be somebody that she at that point she can never be. She she wants to be somebody with legs. She wants yeah. to be somebody up where they talk, up where they walk. So it's like she can't be that without magic and things like that so that it is that's a little bit sad too it is but it's still but it still has that 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 rise in the song and it hits it hits a really high point that this song doesn't hit but it's still it's still it's still a song about like dreams and aspirations it's still about wanting something and that's that's what i i I can't even think of a disney movie that does not have a a a princess singing about what they want what they what they dream of yeah yeah, or what even Aladdin. Think in their head. Look at Aladdin. I mean, the what was it, the one 
One step. What's the one song? What the fuck one is that step, song? Head the bed line, one jump, head the sword. I still but that, own what I can't afford. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what that song is too. That that's the equivalent. Or well, equivalent. even 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 Disney uh, pr- princes have their have their I want song. But um, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's 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 this is a great song. It's fucking it dope. And and what really what really gets is for me. And and, and I think what hit this. What hit hardest watching this for the first time in high school, or at least for the first time that I, I was able to appreciate it, is when Jack takes off his head and he says that he can recite Shakespearean quotations, right? Mm. And he's holding yeah. that that skull in front of him, his own skull, which is fucking so funny and so cool. Yeah. And God damn, dude, that one, that one, that one shot. There's there's so much depth to that. There's so much depth to that because that's. So like Hamlet is famous for two things, right? It's famous mm-hmm. for for being visual, that thing, somebody holding a skull, and the Hamlet is famous for the number two, uh, the to be or not to be speech, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those, it, except for Romeo and Juliet, the wherefore art thou Romeo? Like to be or not to be is is the most popular thing Shakespeare ever wrote. I think that is the most popular time. thing he ever wrote. More than Romeo, Romeo, I wherefore so. art thou Romeo? Yeah, yeah. To be or not to be is is more is bigger for sure, more quoted. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know about that, well, dude. Well, either way, I mean, both of them are fucking uh, this top two, no matter what, for sure. Yes, but yes, yes. but 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 butts, butts are, are for pooping. For, but but butts are for pooping, as Aaron would say in the office. <laughs> so so like that. God, I have so many notes written about this Hamlet thing. You, you want to get into it? You want to yeah, do it? You want to hear it? it? You want to hear it? Want to hear it? Want to hear it? Let's let's play Jack's lament real quick, and then we'll come Let's back. People appreciate it. And then we'll we'll talk about the Hamlet stuff. So here it is, Jack's lament from Nightmare Before Christmas. There are few who deny it. What I do, I am the best. For my talents are renowned far and wide. When it comes to surprises in the moonlit night, I excel without ever even trying. With the slightest little effort of my ghost-like charms, I have seen grown men give out a shriek. With the wave of my hand in a well-placed mode, I have swept the very bravest off their feet. Yet year after year, it's the same routine, and I grow so weary of the sound of screams. And I, Jack, the Pumpkin King, have grown so tired of the same old Oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones, an emptiness began to grow. Jack's Lament from the soundtrack we're doing today. I'm sick of saying Nightmare Before Christmas. It's too long of a title. It's pretty long. It takes a long time. I get it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, let's... um. You're such an idiot. Let's get yeah, into it's tough. Um, it's tough. your 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 Shakespeare stuff because you're much more of a Shakespeare man than me. And what I'm not even like that deep of a Shakespeare man. Throwing that out there, um, but but it's it's a very it's a very throwaway line that you kind of just think, oh, that's a that's a nod to Shakespeare because he said Shakespeare, and that's 
maybe you didn't know Hamlet, maybe you did know Hamlet, but you, but you've seen somebody in theater hold a skull in front of their face, assuming that they're talking to the skull, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's most people would think that when seeing that scene. Um, but but it is from Hamlet, and it's when Hamlet finds a skull of, of someone Hamlet cared for. Can't remember their name, but like holding the skull, it was it caused Hamlet to like contemplate his own existence and the existence of man in general, and and just just be very introspective. But the skull was was meant, and Shakespeare did this shit a lot, which is oh my god, it's so good. It's supposed to be like a, a like you're talking to a skull, dude. That's a joke. That's silly. That's that's easing tension. And that's that's what we see like Jack doing, but like the to be or not to be part, that's not really part of the holding the skull thing because the, the holding the skull thing came from when they were, he's grave grave digging, and he's like, oh fuck, man, that's like my my friend from back in the day, and he picks up his skull for some reason and then starts talking to it, but the to be or not to be part's a, a later on part, but because Shakespeare didn't write like stage direction, he didn't write, he wasn't a, a director, a producer, he just wrote fucking scripts. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things open to interpretation and there's a lot of things that have been lost over time. So now, now society in general, and again, I'm not a huge Shakespearean f- person. This is just what I see. I think we have, we have mashed together two different scenes. We have mashed together Hamlet holding the skull, thinking about his friend, being very introspective about his own existence and why he even is, is on this earth or, or what he's, he's even doing this life with the to be or not to be part, which is a very important part of Hamlet because he thinks that's the part of Hamlet where he thinks he's alone, but people are listening. They're eavesdropping mm-hmm. on what he's saying, trying to like figure out whether or not he's crazy or whether or not he's actually whatever. But like this is all, <laughs> this whole thing is going on in like two fucking seconds and mm-hmm. it's done in the night before Christmas the same way Shakespeare would have wanted it. It's done to progress it forward to kind of give this introspective thing that Jack is deeper than just this this once a year one hit wonder. He does want something more, but it's funny because he pops off his head. That's exactly what Shakespeare wanted to do. Ease <laughs> yeah, tension. Yeah. Ease a little bit of tension. Fuck, I love this song so much. This song is so goddamn good. And where does it sit for you as a as a banger? As of right now, it's my one B now. One B, okay. Yeah. Well. I, I I I I love the song. I think it's a great song. I think it, the melody is great, but I I just I I think it's well crafted. I think it's I think it's well crafted from somebody that has to know that has to know at least something about Shakespeare or just really fucking lucky. But there's no way Danny Elfman is just really fucking lucky. Like he had to have <laughs> known that 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 Shakespeare did a lot of goofy things in his plays. He wrote a lot of goofy things in his plays to ease tension because it can't all be like serious. It can't all be just be dark black comedy that you got to put mm-hmm. little things in there to ease attention. But also, and, and how do you ease attention to people 500 years ago? Where the fuck it was? I don't think it was 500 years ago. I don't think it was but that how do you, long. Well, how do you, how do you ease it attention? Was. It was at least two, 300 years ago. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, yeah, maybe, I don't know, whatever. How do you, how do you ease attention of people like two, 300 years ago? You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you do? Yeah, that's how this guy talked to a, a skull because that's silly, right? Nobody does that. But that's also, I, I, I don't think that that was Danny Elfman's call. I think that was the director's call. Remember, like these songs. I think they're pretty sure the songs were written after, or yeah, or written before. They had to have been written before the actual animation and the story. So, I mean, maybe 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 he wrote the lyrics after the after the he saw the storyboard. That could have been it. But I mean, I I would I would say this is more the the director's vision rather than Danny Elfman's. 
I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I think. I think Tim Burton made it very, very clear that Danny Elfman is essentially in charge of music. Everything else is is uh, is, is. But they is wouldn't Tom have Selleck. added. It's Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Selleck's brother. I, I I think Tim Burton made it because he he uh, he told Danny Elfman, "Yeah, you got the job. Don't worry about it. You, you're 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 Jack singing well, yeah, voice. Don't worry about it." They had already worked together and everything. I mean, they were, were homies, friends don't worry for a about long time. It. Well, I mean, but like you don't you so, don't just like jump into a Disney movie and just start giving away parts. That's not the way it fucking works. Silly well, boy talk. It's true. not the way it works. So, so I I think I think like I would I didn't find a lot about exactly how it was divvied up except for that Tim Burton wasn't involved as much as I thought he was. But I think as far as the music goes and what Danny Elfman envisioned happening while these words are being spoken. Well, because I, did I read, because I don't see the contrary. I have to believe that he had more input to what is happening when the words are being spoken than Tom Selleck's brother did. Maybe you're right because I did read somewhere that um, that Elfman and Burton had made the music. Well, I mean, Danny really made the music, but I mean, they worked together on the music. They did most of the music before they even started making the movie, because Burton was originally going to do the movie, but then he couldn't, like I said, because of Batman Returns and Ed Wood. He didn't have have the time, so then he had his buddy Harry wait, Harry Selleck, right? What's yeah, his name? Tom Selleck's brother. Tom Selleck's brother. Yeah, <laughs> you're so dumb. But um, yeah. So now that I think about it, yeah, the music was written all before the movie was made. But I don't know. I don't, who fucking knows at this point? I mean, this anyway. is just this is just this is just like like dropping deep down that that rabbit hole of a of a throwaway line that could have just been been happenstance. It could have just happened. Much yeah. ado about nothing, as it were. <laughs> yes, that's just okay. <laughs> I um, love Jack's Lament, though. It's fucking dope. It's a it's a classic. I want Disney song. I wish Disney song with a with a dark twist. Fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It is good. And it's, the scenery's it's hard fucking to even rad, say this dude. This is a Disney movie, though. Like this is very loosely a Disney movie. I feel. I. Th- it's a Disney movie, one hundred percent. But it is. We're only dancing around it because Disney was clearly like, oh, I don't they know didn't if do I fucking it. want to fucking do this. Oh, the fucking because okay, so, so Except, real it's quick. the first stop motion to ever rated PG for one, and it's it's it yeah. was put out by Touchstone. That's not that that I, I don't know if it is now, but it wasn't Disney at the time, mm-hmm. and it was it was the first one since Roger Rabbit that wasn't like fully animated. True. There's no animation in this at all. So so a little backstory too. Tim Burton had come up with this idea from a poem that he wrote back in, I believe it was nineteen eighty one or nineteen eighty two. And then he and then he came out with a movie called like a stop motion short called Vincent, became really popular. Then eventually he made Beetlejuice and the first Batman movie. He fucking blew up after that. Edward Scissorhand blew up, you know? And then up until that point, Disney kept saying like he, he kept bringing it to to Disney, like saying we should do this. At least as a thirty-minute short, let's do a thirty-minute short or or whatever, or like a, a one episode or something, or like a short miniseries. And they kept saying no, 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 and then yeah, once he blew up, and they realized, oh well, maybe just off of that we can make money. They decided, okay, let's do this. They, let's greenlight this, and then that's when they decided let's make a full length, and that's when he said he couldn't do it, and then that's how a different director was hired on to do it. But I mean, it's crazy how this dates back that far. I didn't even think about it, and then I also read that Tim Bart- Burton Barton. Tim Burton was fired from Disney in 1984. I don't know why he was fired, but he was fired from Disney in 1984. And then after that, he went to Warner Brothers and made um, 
Beetlejuice and Batman, the first Batman. So I, it's just it, I thought I thought it was a really interesting backstory on how the the creation of the creation of all this. Dude, so. there was there were so many fucking bizarre things. Like it took a hundred people like three years to make this movie. <laughs> I know, because isn't that one, insane? One second of stop motion was essentially like twelve different moves they had to do. That's fucking. I read nuts. too that they had um they had, I think it was like a hundred hundred and twenty different faces for Jack Skellington. Yeah, that they would sw- swap out. I just, it was unreal. And then I guess like for for Sally and some of the other minor characters, they uh they just used like essentially CGI or just animation to do the mouth. But but with Jack Skellington, like that was just all literally stop motion. Like God, it just it's such a tedious task. I don't know how they didn't go crazy making this. I mean, this is this movie's like an hour and twenty minutes long. I think. Yeah, it's long. For stop animation, this is fucking long, and there's a lot of detail. Like this isn't watching, you know, the old stop, the old Christmas stop animation like Rudolph and and shit like Little Drummer Boy, where that stuff is very very basic. I mean, this is this is really thorough, detailed shit here. It's it's it's, insane. it's really insane. And that that it's like going back to Jack's lament, where he's he's walking through the graveyard and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's where we're introduced to Zero, and then that's like. If you think of Nightmare Before Christmas, you're thinking of the the picture, the still, the the shot. It's from Jack's Lament when he's walking on that yeah. that hill thing with the moon in the background, and that hill thing is like God, all curled cool up, shot. but it fucking unravels itself as he walks down. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Why does he unravel? Why does that fit? Why does that hill unravel itself?" Is it he's alive? the king is it of dead? Halloween Town. Does it know that? Does the hill fucking have thoughts? Does it know who the king of Halloween Town is? That his only job is to wait for Jack to come and, and sing to himself because he's sad and unravel itself. It's un- it's unfucking believable. Maybe and that maybe, shot with Jack at the top of it with the moon in the background. It's so cool, man. Ooh, it's so fucking cool. And what I what I really like about the movie too is that you know since it came out in '93, they haven't they haven't tried to fix the errors of it. Like they've still kept in like. Little, you could, you'll notice like little parts where the animation looks really, really jumpy and everything. And I love that they never tried to fix that digitally. Like they left every single imperfection in there and it, it just adds so much more character to the entire movie. It's I think it really, was really fucking rad. I think it was like, like Tom Solik's brother or somebody else that, that had somebody <laughs> interviewed him and said like, Hey, like if you were to do another, another night before Christmas today, like, would you do it? And he said, fuck no, no way, because the studio would never allow us to do it by hand. They would never allow us to hire 100 people to, to, in over three years. They would want all the CGI. He said, I don't want no fucking CGI. I want to do it the way you're supposed to do it. Just tedious, yeah. long, long time. And uh, did you ever see the movie Chicken Run? Or did you ever see like Wallace and Gromit, like those old uh, those, uh, claymation I mean- things? Yeah, yeah, Wallace and Gromit, but never, I never saw Chicken Run. No, Chicken Run's fucking dope, but like Wallace and Gromit, like all that, all that claymation stuff is just so fucking cool, man. It's just so, it's so unique, and you don't, you just don't need the CGI. You just no, don't you, need it because those little, those little spots were like, yeah, you can tell a lot where Jack's arms move in fucking weird ways, and Sally walks weird. She was supposed to like walk even more weird, but they felt like she looked like she was too drunk constantly. But she still walks kind of weird because they couldn't yeah. quite get it right. Dude, that's that's what makes this movie so amazing. All claymation, so amazing. Yeah, it really is. And and you know it's cra- you know it's so funny to think 
So like a movie nowadays, like a Marvel movie is going to, the budget for that is going to be like $150 million, $200 million, some shit like that. But then it'll, it'll bring in like over a billion dollars. So the budget for Nightmare Before Christmas was $24 million, which I, I don't know what inflation wise. beg for a bunch of more money too. Exactly. So I don't know what that is inflation wise, but whatever, $24 million and And box office now is $91.5 million, $91 million. So I mean, this... This is a huge, huge fucking hit. A sleeper hit, as some might say. That's what I was reading. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they can, e- like, budget wise, they could easily do it again. It's just, I don't think the studio wants to go through the headache of doing it all when CGI is technically easier, but it is more expensive. So it can be done on a very, it could be done very, very cheaply. It's just, I, get, I think it's just finding people who want to, who have that patience to do it, which I feel I like, like a lot of people nowadays aren't. I like that. I like that Tim Burton is very, very, uh, very aggressive with this with this IP. Like, Mm -hmm. like there was there was talks of of doing sequels, of going into like uh, you know Thanksgiving Land or or whatever land it was. And he was like, nah. Like I I I like leaving because there's seven doors too, right? There's seven doors in the beginning. That that extra door, if you if you list off all like the main quote unquote holidays, that extra door is just like a firecracker. And that could be like Independence Day, like for America or whatever the British think they celebrate over there for American Independence Day, <laughs> which they probably celebrate American Independence Day too in England. I would, I would think, right? But but a bunch he's of like ducks over there. <laughs> Imagine that's so good. But he's like, no, we don't, we don't need more stories. The story has been told. It's it's done. And even in the in like the the uh, the soundtrack version, um, Patrick Stewart. There's there's an intro and outro. And and Patrick Stewart, you know, uh, X or um, Professor X, talks about yes. how Jack had a bunch of kids. He has like little skeleton babies running around, and that's weird. That's that's cool, I guess. Because yeah. Santa Claus Somebody comes back to, to thank him. Um, but I I think this I think this is a story that's it's fine. It's it. We don't need anything else. I I don't ever want anything else. I don't care to have anything so, else. I think it was in two thousand four they came out with a video game which was essentially the sequel to the movie. Um, and it was actually overseen by Tim Burton. So it wasn't just something completely random, but that is technically the sequel. And then I read too, that they came out with a book, um, which is also a sequel. They came out with a book this last August in 2022, but it's from it's a sequel and it's from the perspective of Sally. Uh, I don't know how popular that was, but it just seems completely unnecessary and very, very stupid because yeah, Sally dumb. is a dumb don't fucking care. character that I don't give two shits about. She's very, very boring. Whoa. I mean, I, she doesn't do anything. She has a vision. She has a vision that something bad's going to happen to Jack, and then that's it. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, nobody listens to her. Like, what, what does it fucking matter? It's true. She's. It's just a pointless character. It was a pointless part of the story, and the whole love she's story only, between... She's literally the only voice of reason in the entirety of, of Halloween Town. But it's yeah, not the, like it matters anyway, because, no. like you said, nobody listens to her. And nobody acknowledges her. Even after the fact, nobody... I don't even think at the end Jack even acknowledges her. Or they apo- just, I don't they, think they he hug apologizes. and kiss and that's it. Yeah, but, but he doesn't like apologize to her for, for not, you know... He never apologized. He never, even, yeah. even, when he's, even when he fucks it all up, he's like, wow, I really fucked everything up. Yeah, but I don't care because I'm the pumpkin <laughs> king. He still doesn't fucking apologize. He doesn't learn his lesson. Mm-hmm. Like Jerry Seinfeld of this fucking t- Halloween town never learns his lesson. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's move on to uh, to the next song. We haven't really talked about an, a new song for a while. Uh, girl, 
so getting into, I mean, according to Spotify, Dr. Finkelstein slash In the Forest, this is just an instrumental kind of moving the story along a little bit. You're, you're getting, you're introduced to Dr. Finkelstein, Finkelstein, however you pronounce the name, I forgot. And he's weird looking and creepy and he's like essentially duck. Sally's, yeah, he's Sally's father. He's the one who created Sally. She's like a Frankenstein monster. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of that introduction and everything. So um this is the yeah, transition period before before what's this that we see this is when like we see the doors in the in the in the forest and mm-hmm. Jack and apparently too like the the shot that has Jack grabbing the doorknob which is a cool fucking shot and it has the background behind Jack all the doors in the doorknob reflection that was Does like it? the hardest shot the entirety of the movie to shoot they they just could not fucking get it correctly <laughs> Really okay I mean this is basing off all of like the 345 IMDb trivia facts that I read this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I I, I believe it. But there's a, there's a part. What? Oh my god! There's a part when he's going through the door, and he opens the door, and it's just black. And he's like, "What the fuck?" And then the, like the the kind of darker ambient weird music stops, and you hear the song "What's This?" But it's very very soft. It's very quiet. It's very slow. And there's like a, there's a good silence there before he actually falls in there. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I like that silence. All right. You never, yeah, you never played Kingdom Hearts, did you? No. Yeah. No. I've always it's wanted a, to, man. I've really always wanted to. I mean, it's, it's, it's cheesy. It's kind of childish and everything, but it's cool that you get to go into all these different Disney worlds and, and play in the worlds. And, and in the first one, and I believe the, I think all three of them actually, um, you get to uh, go into Halloween Town and Christmas Town, and you fight bad guys, and then you fight Oogie Boogie so and cool. all that kind of shit. So fucking cool! Yeah. So like the first Kingdom Hearts, it pretty much follows the story of the movie, but after that, you know, after that that game, when you go back to Halloween Town, it's it's different, obviously. But yeah, you you essentially play the whole movie within that that world of the game, which is really cool. I like that. But uh, but yeah, anyway. So so let, let let's jump into so Jack opens the door. Goes into Christmas Town, and then this is this song. What's this? Is just him marveling at, at everything he's seen. He's never seen snow. He's never seen trees like this. He's never seen lights like this. Green. And, he's never seen color. Yeah, this is all so different and such like a just, just. He's blown away by all this. So that's what this song is about. And this is my three B on on the uh, out of all the songs. I like this song a lot. What was so so Jack's lament was a no B. This is Halloween yeah. is your two B. Yeah, that's my two B. And then what's this is my three B. So you, so your one B is either kid out the Sandy Claus or it's Oogie Boogie song. That's cool though. Or it could be that's something fine. else. No, it's not. Uh, we'll um, we'll so 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 what's this? <laughs> this I feel like this could have been like an Oingo Boingo song. This this could have been yeah. an actual rock song. Like that's how that's how it's it, it's presented. That's how it's set up. That's how it plays out. Yeah, he definitely God. He has that bouncy sound when he writes music, almost like polka, kind of that that bounciness that polka yeah. has. But it's not, it doesn't. It's not that polka beat, but it has that same same bounciness to it. And that's how that's how Oingo Boingo is too. And a lot of these songs, and I can't really say for his other movies. I don't really remember Batman being too bouncy at all. But whatever. What's this is a great. It's it's a great great banger, and it's a great way to. It was a great transition into christmas town and showing everything that that goes on in christmas town and it's uh it's cool it's a really really good one 
I like what other so, stuff so, so a couple things here. I, I like I like when you see the uh, when you see the train and it's puffing out the little smokes, little yeah. the smoke things from that trains do. I guess I don't know. I've never seen trains puff out smoke yeah. before. Well, because uh, they're steam trains and we don't have them anymore. But I don't. I don't. Trains aren't real. I I I think it's cool that the the train horn is on beat. It's 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 like the ding 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 ding. It's a boom boom boom. I think it's fucking yeah. so cool. It's so rad. Not on key, but on beat. That's fucking dope. Oh, yeah. Jack says, "What's this?" Eighteen times. Okay. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. A little random fucking throwaway tidbit there. I thought that was kind of funny though. And I like I like that when you see when we first see Santa Claus in the shadow. His hand looks like his claws, because yeah, of the way right, huh? the way it's set up when he drops his hand, because of the way the lighting is behind him, which is fucking rad. Because now we're getting to the nuance of lighting, just how it's throwing a shadow onto a hill of snow. The way he drops his hand, it looks like claws, and his other hand has a cane in it. So when Jack sees this, he's like, "What the fuck is that?" Right? Because he he doesn't know what's happening here, but. Also, this is also the first introduction we see as as to Jack being uh, a villain. He 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 spooks that elf or that I, is it an elf or just a random child sleeping? I guess I think it was an elf. But he's like knocking be. over shit. He's fucking damaging things. He's ruining <laughs> yeah. snowmen. Like he's 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 fucking wreaking havoc on this little this little town here. Yeah, he doesn't give a town. shit. He doesn't fucking care. But goddamn, dude, what's this? That is such a banger of a song. The inflection in the voice. The the what's this what's this and then what's this what's this like how he, how he <laughs> God it's so play it's so theatric oh it's so good it it's so good I agree so I'm gonna play a little bit of what's this so we'll get more into it and then move on so here it is on uh, the soundtrack that we're doing. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look, what's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! The gathering around here is story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this? What's this? In here, they've got a little tree. How queer! And who would ever think? And why? They're covering it with tiny What's this? Things. They've got electric lights on strings and there's a smile. From the nightmare before Christmas song. What's 
this? What's this? <laughs> What's really cool about this song, because he's in Christmas Town, the way that Danny Elfman wrote the music, he used like, you know, the sleigh bells in the background. Like It's the percussion that really sets the song apart and gives that Christmas feeling with, like I said, the sleigh bells, but also like the other percussive elements, like the xylophone that he uses, which is a very, very Christmas kind of thing. There's Just there's a so couple well songs in it with some good uh, some good xylophoneage, yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I even just like the first the overture, the first song, th- he's using like a vibraphone. It's like very exotica sounding. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, I'm a sucker for the vibraphone. I, I love I love that this song. <laughs> you can hear him. You can hear him be be very very ecstatic. You can hear him just kind of taking in all of these 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 exterior stimulus and, and processing it in real time mm-hmm. like the, because he says what's this 18 times he's constantly going from one thing to the next to the next to the next like he can't focus because it's so much mental stimulation that it's just overloading his brain <laughs> and that's so yeah. fucking cool and you can hear in danny Elman's voice he's a great singer he's a great he singer at he's doing this awesome he's a great yeah. singer at doing this did you notice i didn't notice until i played it just now but Right before he starts singing, you could hear kind. Of, you could almost hear the mic turn on, and then you hear him smack his lips. Like you could hear him open up his lips before he starts singing. And I love that that's not edited out. That they oh, kept that's that cool. In there. I did not I hear that. that. A lot. That's fucking. Yeah, dope, I didn't though. hear it until right now. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That goes. That goes along the lines with like Jack, like popping out of the snow, looking around, like what the fuck? What's this? Like, <laughs> yeah. dude, imagine just. It's a cartoon and stupid. I get it, but like, imagine. Right, you're in this whole another world, like literally an entirely different world, that is complete opposite of what you know. Like, how mm. would you how would you react? Would you write a good song like this when you're sitting? Oh, there? I could. Write, I would write a better song than this. I don't know. I, whoa, whoa. Whoa. It's true, about dude. That dude. Whoa. It's true, dude. All right. Uh, God, so so at this point, you know, he's so overwhelmed, um, and then he he's very inspired. And he wants to bring a lot of this back to Halloween Town. This is what he feels needs to be added to to Halloween, and and really kind of fulfill his desires. So he goes back, and we get into the town meeting song, and he's telling everybody about what he saw or his interpretation of what he saw. And this is where he wants them to kind of recreate what he saw in 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 um, Christmas Town. So that's what we have here. Oh, you hear the snap? God damn it. I hear everything. I hear your claps, your snaps, oh. everything. Yes, you do. So that that's what this song is, and there's a lot of like back and forth between the villagers and Jack and, and this is a good song too. This is a solid song. This is my five B. Five B. Okay. That's good. That's solid. What that's fine. This, one? this is this this is like middle tier B. I think this is this is a great song because this is the best example of progressing a story forward with dialogue. But fuck it, let's just sing it. Right? Why not just mm-hmm. sing it? And that's exactly what is happening here. That's why Joseph, the amazing Tetrica, the dream cut is so great Oy. because it's just, hey, instead of talking, let's just sing. <laughs> it's fine. Nothing wrong with that. It flows. It makes sense. And it's just, it's presented as like a discussion. But what's cool, little, little, uh, little tidbit here too, also, there's a clay model of the evil queen from Snow White at the town hall meeting in the background in one really? shot. Yeah. Oh, that's She's cool. There. That's really cool. So, so sick. Love yeah, it. I like that a lot. So this is this, a good is, one. this is cool. This 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 is a good one. I know. Are, fine. are we wanting to play every song? 
No, we don't have to play this one. Okay, because I'm I'm down to skip some of these just to kind of move things along. Uh, so so at this point we we move on. There's a little. The song is Jack and Sally montage. This is just a score. There's no no lyrics or anything like that. Do you have anything about this one? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. So at this wait. Point, you know, like like I was. I saying, have one thing. Oh what you said? I no, said no, but, but I was okay. I was in a little fucking. Did you hear me sneezing? I did. I did hear you sneeze. Jesus Christ! No. Oh my God! But yeah, so like you, if you hear me fucking sneezing, you ask me questions. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Next God, time fucking, fussy boy over here. Next That's time you're funny. next time you're drowning in a pool, I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions. Do it! I dare you. I throw dare you. your life vest, which I never would. You just fucking drown. So <laughs> the part when Sally jumps out of her window—that's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, that yeah. is fucking nuts. Even the band that is playing outside Jack's house or her house or whoever's house is at, even they turn their heads when she hits the ground. And this is Halloween Town. This is a, this is the town where like everyone's like half dead and people are melting. Dude, she jumps out of that window. That's minimum like PG thirteen shit right there. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's pretty. True. That that was pretty gnarly. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Huh? That is pretty gnarly for for a Disney movie for a movie essentially made for kids. And it wasn't even like she just like leapt out without thinking. Like she looked down. You could tell she thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then she jumped. That was, I don't know. Watching it this week, I was like, wow, I cannot fucking. This is why Disney was like, yeah, no, but oh, I don't know about this dude. Danny I kind of wonder how Tim much Burton. they wanted to cut out. This like, had, if, that, if this that, got this through. That had to be a fucking scene. Yeah. If this had, if this got through, I can't imagine what was actually in there that they wanted to do that was rejected. But then how else would you explain Sally giving Jack like that that care package? Like how did she get out of the tower? Mm-hmm. She fucking jumped. Dude. She jumped in straight like aerial status. She jumped out the window for a guy that doesn't fucking even know her. <laughs> even though Ariel, Ariel just gave up her legs for a guy that she just fucking met. And, ugh. Yeah, I know. Little Mermaid's stupid. Dumb movie. So stupid. Dumb songs too. Hate the songs. What is one of the worst worst soundtracks? Kiss the girl? Are you kidding me? Like like (laughs) Calypso? It's so bad. It's so bad. No, it's bad. Under the Sea? Under the Sea is solid. Under the Sea is a terrible fucking song. Under the Sea is so bad, dude. It's so embarrassingly bad. Hate that song. Things will be better under the wet Leave it to me. Oh, so so bringing it back to Kingdom Hearts, there's uh you go to the you go to that world you go to Atlantis, and you know how like in video games like they'll play like the same song on looped in the background while you're just playing. Well, yeah. when you go to Atlantis, that's all they play is is under the sea, but without the vocals, it's just all just that instrument. So you're you're having to listen to that song for hours, for a couple hours at least, while you're kind of going through and fighting enemies and shit like that. And it's just, it's just it's just so terrible. It's so fucking bad. I hate like it. I think I, I think like the Little Mermaid could have been a cool like coming of age movie for a princess. Yeah. I, I think I think it lost itself in the in like the third third act. But like part of your world, I think it's a fucking dope song. Like that's just nah, that's, that's just somebody that's somebody wanting ones. to be a part of something they don't understand. They think is 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 different. That's just classic like like teen angst. I don't. I, I know what's here at my house, but I want to be part of your house because I know what's here. You know, these kids do stupid shit. I get it. I like it. I like the song. I think it's fucking fantastic. 
I, I just think Little Mermaid loses itself in Under the Sea is pretty goofy. And like the third act of, of Little Mermaid is just fucking trash. Absolute trash. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm always right. That's fine though. Let's go to Jack's obsession. <laughs> okay, Jack's obsession. So what do you got on this one? This is this is where okay, so this is where in the story he's locked himself in in his in his house up on the hill and the the townspeople are worried about him because they haven't seen him in so long, but he's just so obsessed with studying Christmas and 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 trying to figure out what it's all about. And so that that's pretty pretty much what the song is. It's the concern of the townsfolk and then it goes into him singing about what he's learning. And uh, there's some cool stuff here musically. I mean, I like the kind of that, I think it's a baritone sax that he never he's never really utilized in any of the, any of the other songs on this record, but it really cuts through in the mix on this one and it it's a really nice touch. Really really nice touch. I think this song is is presented in a way that he really wants you to hear what Jack is saying because he's mm-hmm. just talking. He's just talking when he's talking to himself. Like what does it mean? What does it mean? that's more of the melody coming into it. That's more of putting, putting melody to this beat, putting it to the lyrics. But I think they want you to hear what he's saying overall. Mostly that's why the song is, is bottom tier B for me. Like, okay. like, Cause, Cause it starts off with like something's up with Jack, something's up with Jack. So we're already getting that little bassy kind of low end that, yeah. that, that doof, 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 doof going in there. But I think the song <laughs> is, is, is mostly about what is he saying? Because he's talking to himself. He's trying to figure something out. And this song, this song seems like the most musical sounding song off of this entire soundtrack. Like this sounds like it's straight up out of like some 1950s musical, 1960s musical. It's yeah, very not a, basic. Not a very, strong very melody, basic. nothing, you know, you probably, if you're not really familiar with the movie, you wouldn't be singing the song after the movie's over. For sure, but it but it also has like you know when the townspeople are are singing it, it's like they're kind of singing it in whispers. Like you you see that as like a common common thing in a lot of musicals. Like ooh da da, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's just this very kind of like frantic whispering thing that that people do in in musicals. And it's true, yeah, it's, it's true. very basic. It's very it's a very very basic song. It's not a banger for me, but um, it's still good. It's it's a good way to progress the story. I like the way but, the vampires, uh, when the vampires, after they deliver the line, they all they all go off screen. But the way they do it is he like they they flip up their 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 drape, like with their mm-hmm. the, the right arm flipping it up to shield their face, and they they go off together. I think that was really funny. I don't remember that part at all. I I, I, I died. I thought I thought it was really funny. Bet, 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 bet. Yeah, that's bet. fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to. My favorite song, "Kidnap the Sandy Claws." I knew it, knew it. Here we go. Why? 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 Because you're fucking. Because of the corn song. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's good. You're so bait. You're so fucking. I you know I don't I don't give a fuck that corn. I know you don't give a fuck. The corn cover. You know it's good. It's not the best. It's not the best cover. What do you say? Rise Against is the best cover because that's not the best cover. Dumb. Do you want to get? We should have already gotten into the covers. Actually, we should have. Yeah. Well, okay, so so let's jump into the covers. There's only, there's only one now. that I care about. Well, we should do it as we're doing with the song. So, we like, should, this is Halloween. We should have went with Marilyn Manson. That wasn't that wasn't a pretty good one. Pretty straightforward. It was Manson, that was, but it was good. That was yeah. That was absolutely okay. I didn't like it. Didn't hate it. Don't think he added anything. Don't think he took away. Just fine. Yeah. But I did like I did like uh, uh, All American Rejects doing Jack's Lament. I think Tyson I like Litter, that one too. I think I think he has like a swag to him. I think he kind of has like a Jack. 
Jack Skellington swag to him. I like yeah. it. I, I like the confidence, but it kind of also like insecurity. I think it's cool. I like that one. But uh, yeah, the corn was, one. Yeah, I think the corn one is 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 the second best cover, um, and this nightmare revisited or or whatever it is. I think it's the second. Yes. Best. Okay. So let's talk. Let's touch upon nightmare revisited. So this was a a record that came out in two thousand eight. All covers of all the songs, all by different bands. And uh, it was for the 15th anniversary of the, of the movie. And it's just, it's a wide range of different musicians on here. Like we said, All American Rejects, Manson, Corn, Flyleaf, um, some some um, DJs and stuff like that. Uh, some people I've never heard of. Plain White Tees were on here. Uh, and then, I, did you listen to the Tiger Army one? That's the best one. That is. You the like best that one a lot? One. I've always liked this one. That <laughs> okay, is the best okay. one. Yeah, it's it was so so they did Oogie Boogie song, and that was it's technically a um, a B side from this this soundtrack. But yeah, the Tiger Army one, that one is really really fucking good. That Get to one, that the later. Corn. Get to that later because I, yeah, okay. I got a lot of stuff about okay. that one. So so then yeah, let's just do the corner because some of them are just kind of they're just stupid. Like the Flyleaf one is really dumb. There's a lot like, of them that are stupid. Yeah, they're just yeah some really dumb ones. But yeah, the corn one, Kidnap the Sandy Claws. This is, um, dude, this is this is straight up like 1998 sounding corn. Like just <laughs> everything about it just sounds so fucking good. It's you get the really high kind of spooky guitar parts with the big chugging heavy guitars. The you can you can hear the clacking of Fieldy's bass. It, dude, it's this is a great fucking cover. I love 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 this cover. It's awesome. I think I think this cover is absolutely fantastic. I think it's so good. I think that I think this this cover shows that like a band can take something in their realm and make it just their own, make it their own. Yeah, I have better things to say about Tiger Armies, but I think this cover is absolutely fantastic. I think it's so good. I think they add to this. I think Kid Up the Santa Claus is a fucking catchy song. Like it, oh, it, it is. How do you top it? Like how do you? How could you possibly make this song better? And Corn did it. Yeah, and and in this point in the movie, you you're introduced to three. I don't th- wait. Maybe you're not introduced at this point. Maybe they're introduced right before, but the three kids. What is it? Shock. Wait, what are the fucking kids' names again? Lock, lock, shock, and barrel. Lock, shock, and barrel. Yeah. So you're so they're on the song. They're singing. I mean, it's it's voiced by Paul Rubens or Pee Wee Herman, uh, and then Catherine O'Hara also is one of the kids. And I forgot who the third kid is, but um, but yeah, th- there's a lot kind of going on in this song. There's a lot of cool different vocal melodies going on, and they're all just. Everything is just really, really good in this song. It's catchy. It's I think it's the catchiest song. This and This Is Halloween are definitely the catchiest songs on this entire soundtrack. But um dude, it's it's one, it's really one good. B, huh? Yeah, this okay. is my one B. And okay. and going along with the story, so this is at the point where where Jack is wanting to go kidnap Sandy Claus or Santa Claus, bring him to Halloween town so that he can be the one to go deliver presents to all the kids and, and everything like that. And then, so this is them kind of plotting to go kidnap him and then eventually kidnapping him and bringing him back to Halloween town. So that's what, that's where we're at in the story in, in relation to the song. But, um, and should I play not, the, let's, let's not, this is, this is just another, another, uh, bullet in the chamber of, of Jack being the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because he is, he, he went straight to the kidnapping part. It wasn't like, hey, let me talk to Sandy Claus, Sandy Claus, to see if, if we can work something out. And we know like kidnapping's probably frowned upon because everybody freaked out when they couldn't when they couldn't reach Jack, right? Earlier in the movie, yeah. when they didn't know mm-hmm. where Jack was, everybody fucking freaked the fuck out. 
So we do know that there's a sense of urgency when someone's not accounted for. And here Jack is going from like zero to 100. Like, yeah, I want to do this. I mustn't take his fucking job. Let's kidnap him. Villain. (laughs) Yep. So should we play uh, the original or the corn version? Play the corn version. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to suggest. I'm really going to play the corn one, though. I don't care what you say. (laughs) <laughs> I, I said play the corn one anyway. Okay, so I thought I don't wasn't sure if you were being sarcastic. So no, here it for is. sure, play the corn one. <laughs> the corn version of Kidnap the Sandy Claus because it's the better version. Here we go. version of kidnap the sandy Claus. it's good man oh, i love this song <laughs> this is like always on my playlist every every year around christmas time halloween christmas time i always throw this on my main playlist my main general playlist i love I, it I, I i will say like like it, it it's a little too scary for the movie so i can't i don't think it's better than the original mm-hmm. but I, but i think it's i think it's goddamn good I mean, Corn. I mean, we all know anybody listening to the pod and who knows me knows that Corn is the greatest band ever of all time. Yeah, and sure. They they really do they do covers really well. I mean, this is a great example of it. I mean, they did Word Up, which is a great fucking cover. They the way they corn that one up, it was fucking awesome. Um, Love my way by <laughs> by by the psychedelic furs. They did a great cover of that song too. Like they're corn really, that really, one up. They corn that. They did so man. good. It's, but it's true. Have you heard? Have you you've heard "Word Up," right? Yeah, yeah. It's so I, goddamn good. I, I I like that phrasing though. Corn that one up. <laughs> and then um uh the uh, devil went down to Georgia from a couple years ago. That was fucking amazing. That was fucking amazing, dude. Obviously not as good as the original, but that was so goddamn fucking. They, they just good. didn't add anything to that one. No, they added. They corned it up. Not you, not as much. <laughs> Not as much as as kidnap the Sandy Claus, but they really they really churched it up, for sure. Ah, okay. dude, I read, so I read, good. I read, I read, I uh, read, I read this week that 
while they were recording that Kidnap the Santa Claus, he he like live streamed or videoed so fans could watch um them like produce the song like live like yeah. live what do you call it? In real time. Yeah, they shot a bunch of footage of them recording the song and then they released it as like an unofficial video for it. That's cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And they had their 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 touring keyboardist at the time, Zach, and he did a lot of the he did a lot of the soundscapes for the song. And uh, and it shows him playing a lot of the um, like weird keyboard parts and everything like that. That's it was fun. cool. Yeah, it was really really cool, man. I fucking love that song. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right, so let's move on. Um, or do you have anything else on Kidnap the Sandy Claus? That's it. That's all. Okay, so then we get into um, the song "Making Christmas." Um, <laughs> he, uh, I don't know. What do, what do you think of this one? First of all, do you hate the Rise Against version? Oh, dude, yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like, I went into this thinking, I went into this, you know, Hate. with an open mind. With an open mind. Hey, you know, okay, there's no way it could be that bad because these songs are so good. But no, it's fucking terrible. Making <laughs> it's Christmas. La, la, la. I like it. I, I like Rise the Rise Against version. I dig it. I think it's cool. I think it's like a little, little, uh, kind of like a little punky thing going on in the Rise Against style. It's just not a good style. I think it's silly. You don't like Rising Against. That's fine, but uh, but this song is fucking dope. This this song is awesome. It's got this like lower end kind of noodling to it, and you hear like that that xylophone. You hear that xylophone part in this song. Yeah, and or I like this. I don't know. I don't the fuck difference is. I like this part of the story too because it's it's where the town is all trying to to kind of fulfill the dreams of Jack by trying to make Halloween town more like Christmas town, but it's all really demented and kind of fucked up what they're doing. And, uh, it's just, it was, I thought it was a funny take on, on, on all of it. And it's, the song is fine. I I feel like the scene is much better than the actual song, which is weird because I usually think the opposite, but, um, it's, it's a fine song. Do you want to play the rise against version? No, (laughs) Actually, well, we could if you wanted to, but that's fine. I don't. I don't really care to. Even though you're the, like the only person I think of this of this pod and people that listen to this pod who really hates Rise Against that much, because they have one good song. That's it. They have they have like they have at least one point five good albums. They have a lot of good songs. Uh, State of the Union is the only good song they've ever done. God, he can fucking he can he can, he can like growl pretty good too. He can, but he's just he he's just sucks. You know what? You just, <laughs> he, you're just he does, dude. He's so bad. <laughs> he's not. He's not so bad. He's, he really he's, is. He's alright. Really? He's alright. Uh, that's okay. We can skip. We can skip making Christmas. Making Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I really. I mean, we can really play it. I, I I do like the song. No, because the, the, we have a lot of talk about the Oogie Boogie song, and then uh, okay. just ended out here, I guess. So so yeah so so nabbed is the next kind of instrumental, um, yeah this is where they, yeah this is where where they actually capture Sa- Sandy Claus right I'm trying to remember yeah now. okay yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Ca- they, ca- they 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 talk to him and he's like who the fuck are you like yeah we're yeah. fucking taking you and they fucking take him yes kidnap yes, him yes, yes. the Sandy Claus and then we get into the Oogie Boogie song because this is where the the kids shock wait lock shock and barrel. They bring Sandy Claus to Oogie Boogie, which is like their boss, essentially. And uh, and then I he throws Sandy Claus like up on like a giant wheel and is threatening to kill him. And uh, and then we that gets into the song and he's like kind of gambling with his life. And it's uh 
the song is better than the scene for sure. Why do you hate this song? I and just, why do you hate Oogie Boogie? And why do you I, hate all of this? This song understand. is my 4B. This song is my 4B. I love this song. This song is really, really good. There's a lot you're of- You're joking. You're joking. Th- there are a lot of parts in the song where it reminds me of Screaming Jay Hawkins. He has that 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 little bit of flair that, that yeah, Screaming that's Jay what's, has. That's the point. It's this is that's, that's what's supposed to be happening here. It's great. No, I think it's this is a really good song. I love it. The scene okay. is- Okay. Eh, it's fine. The scene's fucking dope because the scene is now- don't forget, we're, this is this is stop motion animation, and now we're yeah. we're throwing black lights in. We're, we're all of these things are are, are glow in the dark, but like laser tag looking kind of shit, kind of color schemes here. And uh, I don't know, dude. There's there's cool little like nuance to this. Oogie Boogie throws the fucking dice, and that sandworm from Beetlejuice like comes out of it. Yeah, that's right. That's so cool, man. Like everything about this is cool, and then when Jack comes in for the to the like the rescue, and there's a whole other slew of things. Um, mm-hmm. But this song is fucking dope. This song has a very, very kind of like 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 swing to it, kind of like that that jazzy New Orleans type swing. Yeah, it's, a little bit of funk thrown in there, but it's very very subtle. And his 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 like speech pattern, the whole like you're you're joking, you're joking, like he's just talking. I can't mm-hmm. believe my eyes. You're choking me. You gotta be. Like that's <laughs> god damn that's fucking good man yeah it's I, was, I, I, I do like this song a lot i was looking it up and I, this guy's like not like any. I, I thought this would be um I, I thought i was going to research this this week and look up who sang the oogie boogie song and, and like holy fuck i can't believe it was this guy but like it was just a guy that did some voice acting work for other things but it wasn't anything like crazy like it wasn't like screaming jay hawkins did this fucking scene or nothing like that yeah it was just yeah a guy, but goddamn, Ken, dude, Ken Page, it. dude, right? I think that's his it. name. Yeah, Ken Page. Yeah, yeah. Looking, I'm looking through it right, right now. He really has done nothing. Yeah. Movie wise, movie wise, I mean, he did All Dogs Go to Heaven, but he was the voice of like a minor character in that. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, really nothing at all. Maybe he's like, just like collected uh, residuals from this movie and various episodes of TV he's done. Yeah, he does like like random little tidbits of uh, he'll come out and do the Oogie Boogie song here and there. Yeah. Which is uh, which is cool. Which is crazy too cuz Catherine O'Hara who who was the fucking mom in Home Alone, right? Mm-hmm. She and 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 she was in Beetlejuice. She she sang Sally's parts. Like she has I know, a fucking was voice cool. on her. I didn't I, know that. Her voice was much higher too. But like well I I didn't I actually didn't think it was her until I I looked it up and then double checked and Sure, shit, it was her. I That's was very, cool. very surprised. Yeah, definitely makes you love Home Alone even more. That's my favorite home, or my my favorite Christmas movie. Tammy and I watched both of them more. yesterday. We watched both oh, of them yesterday. Oh, so good. Yeah, one after the other. God, I mean, the second one, the second one is really good, but it's a carbon copy of the first one. Like every beat is exactly the same as the first one. It's the it's identical. It really is, but it's still so much fun. I'll, I'll, honestly, I, I could go for fucking days about Home Alone, the first one. Oh, the first I think it's, so it's beyond perfect. The second one, though, I love the pigeon lady. I love the idea of her. I love how Kevin comes to terms with her. I love what she does for him. I love what he does for her. But it's the same the thing he does with, in the first one with the with the neighbor. Not quite. With Not old man Markley. It's the same thing. It's Not the same quite. beat. It's the same beat. Come on, Not dude. Quite. It's, it's, it's very, very similar. They both help each other. They both help each other. But the, no, uh, yeah, yes. they do. But the pigeon lady is 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 far beyond far beyond gone. She she's cast off from all of society, 
in the first one, old man is just cast off. He's from cast his off from his family, which is the same. I mean, that's not the, the same, same thing as, as being cast off from society. Like like society has left her behind. She's the pigeon lady. She lives on a fucking rooftop. Her only but friends she, are pigeons. Nobody but she likes also, her. The only reason why she left because she was so heartbroken. And in the first movie, old man Markley is he's he's essentially heartbroken because of his son. Yeah, it's it's the same fucking thing, dude. It's the same. No, it's thing. not. You're being silly boy right now. No, I, you, and you're even, telling me the same. Th- the your family the movie, exactly the your same. family casting you out is the same thing as society casting you out. But society only casts her out because talking she about? chose that path. She chose that path, just like Old Man Markley did in the first one. Yeah, but he's not forgotten. He's he still he still goes to the store constantly. Nobody bats an eye. He's fine. Okay. He assimilates himself into society. Pigeon Lady does not assimilate herself into society. Otherwise, it's the same fucking story. She's an outcast. I mean, he gets left behind. Then there's that whole middle part where he's kind of like doing his own thing, causing mischief, you know, having fun. And then he he and then he's then like it causing goes any the, mischief. He was left behind. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. Mischief. That's he not mischief. mischief. That's him. Like he's the victim. He's the victim. He no, you're right. He is the victim, but he's still causing mischief. He's fucking lucky. That's all that happened to his his dad's credit card. <laughs> and then at the very end of the second one, he it shows that he ends up charging almost ten thousand dollars worth of room service. Yeah, but you, they should fight that shit because he's not old enough to do it. And Tim that Curry should true. not. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show over here should not have allowed that to happen. Oh, dude, every time I get to the part where where Kevin's mom slaps Tim Curry in the face and the way his lip quivers. Oh dude, it makes me laugh so fucking hard every time. It's so fucking funny. And then also when, when Tim Curry comes into the bathroom, when the inflatable dolls in the, in the shower, oh, so and then good. It, he yells at him and he freaks out. And when he runs out, he runs over that, that nightstand and he hurts <laughs> his knee. It still makes me, those two parts are one of some of the funniest things in that entire movie. Tim Curry is perfect in that movie. You've, you, you ever notice in the first one, and this is, I mean, I, I, re- I really do love the first movie a lot. Yeah. You notice that old man Marley's hand heals as the movie progresses? Yeah, it does. How does he hurt his hand? It never shows how he hurts it. It doesn't matter. It's about the wound. It's about healing. It's about getting better and better yeah. and better. When he buys the medicine in the store and that's where he sees Kevin and Kevin freaks out, his hand is healing as the movie progresses, as Kevin comes to terms with not being afraid of, of the boiler downstairs, of being home alone, of his family not existing, of being kind of a douchebag. And then like, true, old huh? man Marley, his hand heals yeah, when he, as the story progresses. Yeah, and then he sees him in the church. His hand's not, I don't think his hand's damaged there. But that's also like the a, same night that everything goes to shit. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's funny, it all happens in like two days. Yeah, <laughs> The whole movie is like two days. <laughs> Damn, what a fucking movie though. What a movie. It. I love it. Oh, also in the second one when uh, when Marv electrocutes himself on the washer or dryer or whatever, and then he's screaming, and then he turns into a skeleton. Yeah. Very briefly. <laughs> dead, dude. Like, you're dead. <laughs> the first one was believable. The first one, I yeah. felt like it was a little bit more believable. The second one, when he was, like, dropping the fucking bricks on their heads oh, on the yeah. top of the building. You're dead. <laughs> you're dead. Know, yeah. he just, Kevin just killed those guys. <laughs> one brick off that building. Yeah, you're fucking dead. Fucking That's dead. It. And he gets like hit by five bricks. <laughs> and then, and then at the end of that part, Marv is on top, and then Kevin's on the bottom. He says, "Eat brick, kid," and he just chucks it at Kevin. Completely fucking misses him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eat brick, kid. Yeah. God damn, how was that okay? <laughs> 
and then oh, also when they're ice skating in the second one and then marv like skates over to <laughs> skates over to harry and then and then he just like steals that those kids gloves from that fucking his kid <laughs> right off his neck and nobody says anything then the nobody. kid just keeps skating <laughs> unbelievable and then, and then harry hits all those pigeons with his newspapers like get out yeah. get out of here He's that so was real pissed. that that was that's oh, that's yeah. that's new york oh, i fucking hate pigeons disgusting oh, animals ah oh, shit i love home alone both yeah, I do. I, Home Alone is my favorite, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Elf is number two, and I, I, I recently just watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street again. Though the the nineteen fucking thirty four, whatever fuck it was, is it thirty four? That was I think it was thirty four. Yeah, that was oddly specific. Why did no why no maybe, maybe it's not because I, I was gonna watch it a couple days ago. It wasn't the I, remake. It was the old one. Yeah, the one from the nineties was the remake with the girl yeah. from um, still good Matilda. Still good. Still good. Yeah. But uh, I think it's it's the 1930s, I think. But like I, I like I like a good the, like the reason why I like Elf so much, the reason why I like Home Alone so much is I like I like a good ending to where the suspension of like belief is is there. And with Christmas, like Christmas is just this time of like Santa Claus, and I know it's stupid, but like in in, in Miracle on 34th Street, it's like, dude, we are led to believe that this guy is Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Like, like this for all intents and purposes, this guy actually is Santa Claus. And that's fucking dope. I think that's really cool. And an elf, right? What, what's the what's the, what's his dad's name? I don't know what his fucking dad's name. Oh, um, James Con. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he he he's a reason why like Santa's sleigh can't can't like go up into the to the stratosphere and, and drop bombs on all of the American boys and girls. So he has to like sing to believe, and that's like I don't know. That's cool. I, I like that suspension of belief. I, I like that. I, I dig too. it. Only in Christmas movies. Otherwise, it's just dumb or Marvel. <laughs> but uh, let's get back to Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Okay? So let's. Because um, I'm the boogeyman. Whoa. <laughs> all right. Let's let's get back into into the Oogie Boogie song. Should we play? I I kind of want to play both versions, the OG and the Tiger Army. So here's 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 where I, I come up with like the best cover of this era here. When mm. when when you listen to Tiger Army's version, it's just like, dude, this song was made for this band. Yeah. Like it's unfucking real. This this song was made for that band. Whereas Korn is doing a cover of somebody else's song. I feel like Tiger Army is just doing like their own song. It's like that that's their fucking song. Because there's this kind of like um, I don't want to say crooning to the original song, but there's this kind of old '60s '70s feel to it, and that's what Tiger Army does really well. So maybe that's why it sounds as good as it does. Uh, yeah, I I could be I, wrong. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 in the ballpark. I just yeah. I think I think Tiger Army doesn't just like make this song better. I I think the song was written for Tiger Army. <laughs> Danny Elfman wrote it 20 years before. Yeah, for Tiger Army. Yeah. Army. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so which one do you want me to play? Or both? I mean, I I, I know. Play whatever you want to play. I, I want to play both. They're play both, both really good. At the same time. Back to back. <laughs> at the same time. So here's uh, here's the, the actual soundtrack version, the movie version of Oogie Boogie's song from Nightmare Before Christmas. Claws, huh? Ooh. 
might just split a seam now if I don't die laughing first. Mr. Oogie Boogie says there's trouble close at hand. You better pay attention now, cause I'm the boogeyman. And if you aren't shaking, there's something very wrong. Cause this may be the last time you hear the boogie song. And I've nothing much to do I might just cook a special batch Of snake and spider stew And don't you know the one thing That would make it work so nice A roly-poly Santa Claus Dad, a little spice Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, I'm the Oogie Boogie Man Release me now Or you must face the all right, there's the uh, th- there's the version from the actual movie. Now here's the uh, the actual the not the actual one, the Tiger Army version of Oogie Boogie song. Okay, there's a bit of the uh, the Tiger Army cover of it. Dude, so good. <laughs> Was this the first time you ever heard the Tiger Army version? No, I, I've, I've again, I've liked this. Honestly, I've liked this version for many years, many, okay. many years. I, I cannot even believe how amazing this is. Even before I, I we did like Tiger Army in the pod, even before we had the podcast, I've liked I've liked this version. I just I think it's so fucking cool. I think it's so suave. That that like like tremoloed reverb guitar, the whammy, the, yeah. the stand up bass and everything too. It's God, oh, so dude. good, dude. Yeah. It's so good. And he still sounds confident. He still sounds like Oogie Boogie. He still sounds yeah. overpowering. He still sounds aggressive, but still confident. I love it. What's weird about his vocals too, he sings a little bit higher than he normally does with Tiger Army or does with normal Tiger Army songs. It's it's much higher and I love, you know, you, they got to do the the woes. I mean, Tiger Army is just, especially in the first three, four, rec- the first three records, especially, the amount of woes on those records is just so signature then. And I loved how they threw it into this this version, this cover. It's fucking awesome. I, li- I like the woes here because they're not like, they're not loud woes. They're just very calm woes. Whoa, yeah. whoa. Do you God, know what they, I mean? They're they just... do them so well. Both, <laughs> both kinds of woes so well they're good they're good that's a good cover i think i think this is the best the best cover on the uh the revisited <laughs> album all right so so some other covers that were not on the revisited one which i don't want to talk about i don't want to go into deeply but i do want to mention them um 
uh, Fiona Apple did a version of Sally's song, which is uh, I don't care. I've listened to I listened to all these ones. I didn't care for any of them. Uh, Fall Out Boy did What's This? Fucking dumb. She wants revenge to kidnap the Santa Claus. How can you get better than the corn version? That's just silly boy talk. And then Panic at the Disco did Panic, This yeah. Is Halloween. And of course they would have done you know the most theatric song on the entire fucking record. It was fine. Uh, I hate. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't hate it. It's just, I. I mean, but you like pan. You like that first Panic record. Like you love that first Panic. More record. tolerant of their bullshit than I am. Love it. But okay, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that. So let's jump into the. Um, or do we have anything else on the Oogie Boogie? Because I'm the Bohemian. Whoa. No, that's it. That's it. That's Good. It. That's it. Okay, so we move on to Sally's song. This one. Uh, this one is from wait this one is about her kind of like predicting or predicting something bad happening to to jack which eventually does happen um and her just trying to warn warn him and everybody else of it right yeah yeah Yeah. so that's where we are story-wise you know the song it's not a banger for me but it's still really good it has this like kind of for lack of a better kind of word or description like a parisian sound like you hear like on old disney movies like aristocats like a lot of the songs in Aristocats have that kind of French sound, but I think I only call it that because I, I associate it with with Paris with that movie because it takes place in Paris. Um, but I, I get that kind of that that sound, that melancholy, romantic kind of sound to the song. Okay, I could I could see that. I mean, that's I don't know. This song's a low B for me. Yeah, it's it's not a B. I mean, I don't care to play it unless you really want to. No. Okay, so let's move on to uh, to Christmas Eve montage. I don't. What part of the movie is this? And I, I, I don't remember. So, so this is this is when we see like the full moon of Christmas Eve, like when he's when he's doing like the oh. the flyover. Another yeah. random tidbit that who like it's a complete throwaway trivia line, but um, the only times post World War One and release date of the movie that Christmas Eve had a full moon. Were 1950, 1958, 1969, 1977, and 1988. That's it. Huh. Five Weird. years. That's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. this movie had to have fallen in, in the time period of, of one of those. It's probably 1988. Maybe. But it seems like a very, uh, it seems like it would have taken place in World War II, the way like the it was shot down. Like It, it seemed like a very... Uh, so 1950 would have been the would have been the only other date. Yeah, that would have been closest to World War II. I don't know. That's that's a really interesting tidbit. I, <laughs> so I don't. Somebody somebody went back and like looked at all like the maps or whatever the fuck you you call them. I don't know. That's funny. That's weird. I mean, I I highly doubt you know Tom Selleck's brother or Tim Burton were conscious of this. I think they just wanted a cool thing, so they just put yeah a full for sure. There. For sure. This is just digging into things that aren't there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is what we do. Yes, exactly. So then we um we we get to poor Jack. So at the this last point, true song. Yeah, the last true song. So th- at this point, this is where Jack is flying over um he's flying over all for essentially the world and he's trying to drop off pres- Christmas presents, but it's like fucking up. He's he's dropping like evil things down the chimneys and it's like hurting kids and killing them probably and then eventually it gets on the news that you know this there's a terrorist essentially and so then they they dispatch jets out and they shoot a missile and shoot they literally shoot them out of the sky like this is like super fucking dark yeah it it was so it's so surprising when you see it like it just really comes out of nowhere 
Like anti-aircraft fucking shots are being, <laughs> yeah. being hit at him. And he doesn't know it at first. He's like, oh, watch out. You almost hit us. And he's like, wait, I think they're trying to hit us. Yep. And he gets shot down. And then and then, at, then it goes back to Halloween Town. The villagers are mourning. The townspeople are mourning and everything. They're, they're wondering what happened to Jack. They're sad, this and that. And that's well, where you let's, get poor Jack. Let's, let's go. Yeah, because there's poor Jack. And then there's the to the rescue thing where he saved Sandy Claus. The poor Jack, yeah. this is this is like this is supposed to be the part of the movie where he, he repents, where he really kind of like, wow, I really, really fucked up. How can I fix this? But he doesn't. He fucking doesn't. He gets cocky and he doesn't even seem to feel bad because he still says, What the heck? I did my best. Like, fuck you, dude. You're an <laughs> asshole. You're a piece <laughs> of shit. You like kidnapped this dude, took over his job did a horrible job at it, ruined the fucking lives of all of these people here. And like, all you have to say is, well, I did my best. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are you joking my ass right now? This is why Jack is the villain. This is why Jack is the fucking villain because he does not learn his goddamn lesson. Yeah. He's not good. None of the characters are good outside he's an of asshole. Santa Claus. I feel <laughs> Sally. Sally's good. Sally's just, she's fine, but she's just dumb. Is worthless. <laughs> yeah, she's worthless and dumb. Like that doesn't necessarily make her good. She's just yeah, she's dumb. Zero's good. Oh, zero, yeah, I like zero. We didn't even talk about zero. I thought, dude, that's such a cool name for a dog, right? Did you know? God, I didn't damn. know. I didn't know until this week. Did you know Zero's nose is a fucking little pumpkin, a little jack o' lantern? What really? <laughs> yeah. Is it? I I've never I did, I, I, it. I read that trivia then I was like no fucking way and then like at one point I, I paused it and I was like holy shit it's a little <laughs> tiny jack o' lantern that's so rad yeah I never noticed that <laughs> fucking dope yeah Zero's a dope ass fucking dog yeah love the name I I would yeah, like to I name know. my dog Zero like if I ever got another whenever I get another dog I would like to name it Zero but then I wouldn't want it to be associated with this movie because that's just so lame but. You could be the little cool kid from uh, from Holes, Shia LaBeouf's best friend, Zero. Is that is it really that that's the kid's name, Zero? Yeah, I think but. because like he has no name or somebody didn't care what his name was because he's just like a little like black kid that nobody gives a shit about, so they called him Zero or something. I don't remember. Okay, okay. Also, Zero is the alter ego of Billy Corkin. That's that's oh god. <laughs> is that why he always he's always posting shit about like Zero skateboards? Yeah, because that's his brand. It was the brand he created post. He created the zero skateboards. Yeah, the that whole brand. No, I don't know if he created zero skateboard. Well, no, he created way. that 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 zero logo and everything. That's his. Yeah, that's him. Huh. There's no fucking way he created zero. That was that was that's like Jamie Thomas's brand from the nineties. Yeah, and that's when he created zero, the character zero. But I don't think like he has any. I, I think now he probably does. But there's no fucking way that he like created. like the 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 word zero and then the star below it. That's... No, oh, no, because zero was always like the skull. Like my the skateboard that I have currently today. Oh, you're is right. My yeah. skateboard then, from from high school. Yeah, they're different. I'm looking it up real quick, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they're different. Yeah, because because remember in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One, you you have Jamie Thomas being the only guy that that rides zero. That's I don't know true, if he created huh? it, but but. I mean, I don't know, but like I do, I, I I just thought like Billy Corgan and Jamie Thomas were friends in real life. That's why he always posted stuff on Instagram, which I don't even follow them. I don't know why. I guess the <laughs> pod page does. That's annoying. <laughs> so you're forced to look at him. Yeah. 
we'll have to do uh, more more research, but yeah. Zero Jamie Thomas is fucking dope. We, 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 I guess the pod page follows Jamie Thomas. He's really cool. Yeah, I mean, so is Billy Corgan. He's pretty cool too. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, let's get back to to the movie, the soundtrack. Yeah, we're pretty much at like the big rescue scene, then we're done. Yeah. So let's jump into that. Do we want to play? Do we want to play Poor Jack? No, don't need to play Poor Jack. I don't think he's that. I'm fine not playing anything. Bottom B. Yeah. I'm fine not playing anything the rest of the episode. Yeah. So to the rescue. What do you? So what do you have on this one? There's a lot of cool stuff here. This is where this is when when Jack's coming back to to save Santa, and and Oogie sees him and he's mm-hmm. scared. So so Jack like Jack has fucked him up before, and don't forget. Well, Jack's the, the king. Be- beginning of the movie, we saw Oogie Boogie in the moon. He says, "I am the moon fucking shadow of the night," right? He's the face mm-hmm. in the moon that was washed away by the, with the bats. So Oogie's afraid of Jack, but not that afraid of Jack because he still attacks him. But there's some cool shit going on with with this 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 little world that we're going here. The slot machines, right? The yeah. slot machines that 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 hold up the gun to shoot Jack, right? Remember? Yeah, it's pretty. Yes, that's pretty. Uh, one arm bandit. That's what that's what we call fucking slot machines are one arm bandits because they just steal your money. That's fucking dope, dude. I've a never literal heard that one arm bandit. I've never heard that before. You never heard somebody call a slot no. machine a one arm bandit? No, I've never heard that. And I, and I guess the actual like lever that you pull, that's one that's just one arm, so that makes sense. That's the one arm band. Maybe you don't wow. gamble enough to, to think or just hear that, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I hate gambling. I do too. Slot machines are the fucking worst. Yeah. And then like the, the seven on the on the machines too, the reels, the re, the replaced with thirteens. I thought that was fucking rad. Yeah. That's cool, right? And like Oogie is literally made up of of hundreds of individual bugs. And then I read that animators who were tasked to make bugs for this final unraveling scene, if they had any downtime. It's like, oh, if you're finished with your project a little bit early, just make bugs. Make bugs. And they've oh. literally made hundreds and hundreds of little tiny bugs and just like smooshed them together to make this final Oogie Boogie scene. It's a cool scene when he unravels. Fucking dope, dude. Yeah. So cool. And then like when Santa Claus leaves Oogie's den, he puts his finger on the side of his nose. Which is so dumb. It's so weird. And I'm like, why does he do that? But it's from the fucking poem. The night before Christmas, he says, that in, the, in the poem, it goes, and laying his finger on the side of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. That's from what? the fucking poem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, oh, when Santa Claus that. puts his finger on the side of his nose and like gets sucked up that little shoot, yeah. that's straight out of... The night before Christmas. No way! I never. How fucking I, cool is that? I didn't even notice he d- does that in the movie. Wow! It makes no sense why he does it. Why would why why does Santa Claus put his fucking finger on his nose anyway? I keep doing it as I say it too. <laughs> 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 I don't know why, but I keep touching my nose. This is why I we need to turn this into a video now. pod. I know. That's just why you have keep to doing it again right pod. now. It's annoying. Which is going to happen soon. Everybody listening, we're going to have a. Yeah. It's all gonna be on video soon. So. Shout out. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's I don't know. That's fucking cool. That's cool that it's a nod to to a poem to whatever a Christmas story. I don't know, whatever the fuck it is. I think it's fucking dope. I love this scene. I think it's cool. I think it's it's rad the way it unravels. Oogie boogie unravels. And I think it's cool that Santa Claus essentially stomps out the last bit of life in Oogie Boogie. That last little bug that's walking and he yeah. smashes his little tiny feet. Which is something that that Tim Burton or Tom Selleck's brother does a lot. 
is is all their characters have little tiny feet. They do, yeah. That's like his like, his his hallmark. Sally has his little little tiny feet with those big high heels, the big heel yeah. on it. Tiny little yeah. feet, yeah. That's cool. I like it. Fucking dope. One arm bandits, man. That. You ever one arm bandits? I've no, never ever heard that. I like it though. Makes sense. That's what they, that's what they are. <laughs> So then, yeah. So then, uh, Santa Claus, Sandy Claus, goes and saves the day, and um, yeah. And then that pretty much rounds out the movie, and um, he goes back to Christmas Town, and then Jack kind of realizes that he shouldn't have done. This is where he he kind of realizes he should he shouldn't have done what he did, and then realizes that Halloween Town should stay the way it is and not try to steal. But it snows in Halloween Town, remember? It does. Yeah. Oh, you know, real quick too. We didn't even bring it up, but I think it's in the kidnap. Or, yeah, it's the kidnap the Sandy Claus scene. Uh, they the three kids bring back the Easter Bunny. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't even touch upon that. They fucking bring the Easter Bunny and then Jack that lets him go. <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Like, sorry, the thing he said, he apologizes. He's just like, "Sorry, I, I don't mean to to do this to you. That's my apologies." Yeah, I just I totally forgot about that till right now. But, Which actually, um, in hindsight, like it begs the question: like that's that's probably a solid. Like, what if they had brought back like like something from St. Patrick's Day? Ooh, right? yeah, that like that could have cool. been a little risque. Like, that could have been uh, canceled at this point. So that was that was that was a safe bet. <laughs> could have brought back an ugly ass turkey. <laughs> so dumb, so dumb. Boxing Day. What what is there is there a mascot for Boxing Day? Could have gone to Dude, that Blink, Blink is all over this episode. Boxing Day, Jack and Sally, yes. I miss you, all over this episode. Yeah, you're right. That's I dumb. Know. That's dumb. Because <laughs> <laughs> dumb because Boxing Day is like their fucking worst song. I think Boxing Day may be their worst song. Dude, that Throwing is just so there. stupid. You know, I listen I would to rather li- I would rather listen to All the Small Things than Boxing Day. Uh, that's that's fucking really, that's even small dumber. Things. I re-listen to California it's I enjoy it a lot more than I than I used to. I mean, oh, even God, even Los so Angeles, even so Los annoying. Angeles has gotten a little bit better, but California, the song California is still it's still that's that is their worst song. Hands down the worst song. It really is. There's some bad shit on 9, but yeah, nothing is worse than the song California. Do you do you have 9 on the vinyls? Yeah. I do okay. have 9 on vinyls. I got it. I mean, the only reason I have it because I got it for so cheap. I got that in California for really, really cheap. So that's the only. Reason I wouldn't. Why. I would not buy California. You wouldn't get it for fifteen dollars. Nope. That's stupid. That's that's that's. I wouldn't even buy the fucking deluxe for fifteen dollars. That's even dumber. I might even buy it. Just throw it in the fucking dumpster and I leave. Well, that's wrong. Remember when you told me to do that when I left the record store? I should have just bought it and thrown it away in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be such a boss move. So, so cool. dick. So <laughs> dick. <laughs> because, and the way that was too, it wasn't even priced yet. It was just sitting behind the counter. I said, oh, how much is that? I'll, I'll take it. And he said, oh, yeah, $15. And it would have been so disrespectful if I bought it and just threw it away before he even priced it. <laughs> that would have been even worse. Like he's trying to hook you up. <laughs> yeah. Just be an asshole. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So then, at the very end, it snows in in Halloween Town, and it's uh, it's and Jack and Sally kiss and make up, even though nobody understood that they were chasing each other the whole movie. Yeah. Even I mean, even her chasing him was like kind of very loose. Like it wasn't. Th- her story was more about escaping, 
escaping the tower, escaping, you know, her father. Finkelstein. Yeah, Finkelstein. That's what that's really was her story. It really I don't see the love story at all. It, it it's just silly. And it makes the blink song dumb. Or dumber, I should say. Oh, it's a good song. Well, it's a great song, but that a wet argue. Christ. All right. Um, then, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for the movie and then yeah. this, the music, really. So let's. Um, do we have any other factoids on this record or this? Or oh, this oh I, got, I, yeah, I got a couple. Movie? I got a couple. I got a couple. I got a couple. Okay. Got a couple. Got a couple. What um, do you got? Actually, just one. Okay. It's not that, it's not it? that interesting. But Jack's the first, the first like main Disney character um, to only be in like a two tone color scheme, just a black mm-hmm. and white. First, maybe the only right. He he might be the only, but yeah, yeah he just, I, I it's just it's just two toned, and they wanted um th- like the the producer or the 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 execs really really pressured. It says Tim Burton, but it was probably uh, Tom Selleck's brother. Really pressured him to have <laughs> eyeballs in Jack Skellington's head. They're like you need eyeballs, and he's like, no, not fucking doing it. Not fucking. No, that would have been it. so weird. I, I, dude, there's no way. Like, I love, I fucking love it, dude. It's so good. It's so cool. Yeah. Looking. I think it would have, add, it would have added so much more time and effort to the animation, too, having to add eyeballs. You, just, you don't need them. No, you really don't. Because he's the, the only of... one, he's the only one, actually, he's the only one in, out of all the characters that does not, have, does not have eyeballs. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, everybody else has, ball, has, has balls, has eyeballs. Has eyeballs. Yeah, she rolled her eyeballs at me. I picked them up and rolled them back at her. <laughs> I fucking hate that dude. You, you've been singing that since I met you twenty over twenty years ago. <laughs> That's probably like one of the first songs you ever sang when I first met you when we were fourteen or whatever. Jesus Christ! And the freckle song. Don't forget the freckle song. Remember the freckle song? I do remember the freckle song. She's got freckles on her butt. She's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, just, shit. just about done with this one aren't we yeah seriously so let's uh let's give our final thoughts on the soundtrack movie and movie uh and then we'll rate it based off of our world famous three-point rating system where three is a perfect album perfect soundtrack uh twos is a good one that you're going to continue to listen to one is a bad one but give it a shot and zero is the worst thing you've ever seen or heard in this in this case so what do you got I, 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 I have this on the vinyls. Mm-hmm. I have this on the vinyls. It looks nice. It plays nice. I love it. Um, I, I want to put myself in the shoes of like, of like somebody who has never seen the movie, who has never heard these songs, who knows nothing about it. Sit them down, play the record for them. See how they feel about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, See where they end up after it's all over. That would be interesting. I don't think that could possibly happen at this point. But uh, but I, I think this is set up to be a really, really great musical. This is not just like a good Disney movie, which I didn't mean know that I love musicals and Disney and, 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 and plays and all of this stuff. I do. I think this is a little bit better than like your normal your normal Beauty and the Bees, your normal 90s era Disney movies. Not better than Mulan. Mulan's my favorite. Oh, that's... Um, eh, oh, Mulan's good, that's, but it's not that good. 
Oh, it's, it's that Mulan is that good, my friend. Mulan, don't get me started. Joke my ass right now. Don't okay. even get me started. I really like Mulan, but Mulan is his is the goat. Mulan is the goat. Um, <sighs> stupid. I, I I think I think this is I think this is better. This is this is a like when we talked about with the Dane episode. I like I like when musicians go off and do things that they want to do, but are kind of out of their element. But you know, it's based around like a musician's ear, a musician's thought. This is this is like a musical that was that was done by a guy who was uh, who who was fronting a band that was kind of like revolutionary of the time, and even like still today, people talk about him. That is just like what the fuck? That would like no one's done that kind of shit ever since then, and that's that's cool. So this is this is a a, a soundtrack that was based from the mind of a musician who was already paving new ways, paving new roads. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was it was taken over by a Hot Topic crowd, that's just a, a, a unfortunate side effect, whatever. I don't think yeah. that that destroys its, its its legacy in any way. I also don't don't listen to the radio. I don't really hang out with with people that are that much younger than me outside of like the bar. So, I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't see people wearing these shirts and shit like that that often um i mean it was it was huge when back when we were growing up and in high school especially but yeah nowadays i don't i don't see it nearly as much it, it honestly it was the hot topic era it was yeah, the hot topic oh, era sure. i think hot topic is still a thing but i don't i don't think it's it's nearly a thing as as what it used to be in no. any way no i mean even going into hot topic you and i went into hot topic i think the last time i was out in arizona so several months ago and it was so so fucking different than when, even when we were going to Hot Topic in in high school. It was uh, it's very very different. And we shit on Hot Topic a lot, but in high school, Hot Topic was selling a fuck ton of vinyl. Well, but we weren't buying vinyl in high school. Well, we could have, but there we were buying of... CDs. We were buying a lot of CDs, and we were buying at least from I was buying a lot of band shirts and shit like that. Um, but Hot Topic yeah. sold a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, rare vinyl now we could have bought which is crazy whatever yeah, they don't um, sell any vinyl now right i don't think so i think, yeah. I think they're like holding on by a thread i think the mall concept in general is, is holding on by a thread like why why go to a mall when you can just go to amazon yeah and it's sad exactly. and it's silly and, and it's, it's the same fucking thing like who cares you're just you're just not talking to people face to face um but i i think i think night before christmas is is a Christmas movie more than it is a Halloween movie. And it is one of my top Christmas movies. I watch it every year, no matter what. My kids like it. They watch it with me. Um, they get annoyed when I sing. I sing constantly, though. So oh, I know. It's, it's, it's all the time. Even when there's not music fuck. playing, you sing. <laughs> I'm a shit singer, too. <laughs> Especially when you get um, in that, especially when you get in that that pop punk thing that you do. Oh my god, dude! Oh my yeah. god! And there's no music playing, and you, you sing like you try to sing like uh, what's his name from Newfound Glory, and it's just oh man, oh yeah, it's a lot. <clears throat> I'll go all day. I will go all day. But um, <laughs> I, I I think like if are, are we reading the movie and the soundtrack like separately? Both? Yeah, we could do, do that. Do? We could do that. That's fine. I, I think the movie's perfect. I think the movie is perfect. I, I I like stop motion. I think it's a lost art. It's like like a what do you call the guy that like fucks with your shoes, like the the bottom of your shoes, right? Like that guy. You know the guy that like fucking puts like new soles in new your soles. shoes. 
like a shoe repair guy. I, I don't know. They call there's like a like a like a is it a cobbler? Is they call them cobblers? Shoe repairmen. Let's let's see here. I think it's, I think they're called cobblers. But yeah, like it's it's a lost art. Yes, it's you're right. Lost, cobblers. It's a cobbler, right? Cobblers mend shoes. I've never, never, <laughs> ever heard that 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 name before. But yeah, no, that's real. Because cobblers. we because we wear shoes that are just glued or are sewed to to like the van, like Vans Vans the, yeah. the rubber sole is just, is rubber sole Beatles good Ooh. album overrated band perfect album the, the rubber sole is just is just is <laughs> <laughs> just sewed to the canvas whatever it's a lost art it's a lost art that's that's yeah. what I'm trying to get at. The stop motion, this claymation stuff is a lost art. When things come out like Coraline and Coraline, how have you not fucking seen Coraline? I just, I haven't, I haven't been opposed to watching it. I just, I've never. Oh my god, Coraline is so good. Coraline's another one too that I watch. I watch probably like once every six months, and like Kelly loves it. It's a fucking fantastic movie. Nick loves it. It's a fantastic movie. Soundtrack is phenomenal. They might be giants. The singer for the might be giants. Like the best song in the entire movie, he wrote and sang the song. Oh my god, it's so good. It's like butter. But I, I think watching Nightmare Before Christmas, you put yourself... Oh, and then another tidbit, uh, going back a little, little factoid, there's only like three shots in the entire movie that were not done at a slower speed, that were done at like normal pacing. And and mm-hmm. it was it was some stupid shit. And, and the last one that was done was when the bugs are falling into the pit of lava. That was one that was done at like normal pacing. So it was a total of like four seconds of film. Otherwise, the entire movie is shot in that stop motion, that's that crazy. stop motion uh, thing, and that's just that's unreal, right? That's fucking so yeah. cool. It's so I'd like, and, and not to like diminish anybody sitting behind a desk or computer, you know, copying and pasting things to make a really cool movie, because I don't know who cares, right? A movie's a movie. If it's great, it's great. Don't care. But yeah. I, I think there's something to be said about this kind of like quote unquote old school style of 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 cutting tape as yeah. it were. Oh totally. And I, I think that's 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 something that's just never gonna happen again. And I think this is um this is a good this is a good uh a good stopping point. Yeah. Because even though Coraline's a great movie, it is nowhere near like this. This kind of level of intensity. Nowhere near this kind of level of popularity. Even Chicken Run. Chicken Run did really well in theaters. Chicken Run did really well with the kids but it's uh, nowhere near a cult classic like Nightmare Before Christmas. Did Tom Selleck's brother do Chicken Run too? I don't think he did Chicken Run. No, because he did. He did the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was really good, the Wes Anderson movie. But I think I think Chicken Run was done by the guys that did Wallace and Gromit because they all had like, oh, the okay. weird sunken in eyes with like the big old eyebrows. Thing, yeah, you know, the, you're the right. Yeah. Eyebrows, caveman eyebrows. <laughs> um, so I think as a movie, I think it's perfect. I I absolutely think it's perfect. I, I think everything about this is 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 just, god damn, it's just a period piece that is just like, man, I wish we could get back to that. Mm-hmm. Not not just like like listening to 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 Nirvana in the in, in the mid nineties and thinking like, oh yeah, that that stays in the nineties. I get it. Like this is something like, damn, I wish I wish people would take the time to perfect their craft the way this did. The soundtrack. The soundtrack, I I don't think it's perfect. I I think it's it's slightly below. There's a couple songs I I think drag a little bit a, bit, a little bit slower. You take the movie out of the soundtrack, I don't think it's as great. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of coming up with this now because I I I think the movie's better than the soundtrack. The soundtrack is still fucking great. I think the soundtrack is like two point eight. I get the soundtrack two point eight. I get the movie three point oh. Done. Damn, dude, that's look it. at you. That's it. That's that's okay. That's fine. That's what I do. That's what I do. 
all right my final thoughts um i agree with a lot of what you said i i love the i absolutely absolutely respect the amount of time effort and work that was put into making this movie i it's it's just it blows my mind how long of a movie this is and just the details of it like we talked about you know there were like over a hundred different jack skellington heads like just that right there is it's unreal it's fucking unreal i just love the attention to detail but i also love how kind of still bootleg it looks but it should look that way Nothing about this is, it looks perfect, but I I love it for it. Um, I think, I do also agree with you, the movie is better than the soundtrack. I do think the soundtrack is awesome, but there are definitely low points. There are, they're not filler, but they're just, they're good songs. Damn not close bangers. to filler, though. <laughs> Damn close to filler. Yeah, they're kind of close to filler, yeah. And that's not a knock to Danny, Danny Elfman, because he really is really, really great. Um, but in the end, it's still overrated. It's still not as good as everyone says it is. Even you, you're wrong. Um, I'm going to have to give this, I'll give the movie a 2.5 and I'll give the soundtrack a 2.25 because the story isn't that great, dude. It's really not. It's, it's shocking how, how kind of mediocre the story is. It's different. Yeah. I'll give you that much. It's different, but it's, it's still not. It's not fleshed out very well. And I think the reason is because of the stop motion animation. They focus so much on that that it took that it took away from the actual story, the actual writing of the story because they were so limited on how they can tell the story. That's I think what it is. I, I think the story would have been better if if they completely omitted Sally and if Jack was a little bit a little bit more complex. I think he's very just yeah. selfish and kind of a douchebag. Yes, exactly. I, I, I think I think that would have helped. But I, I think that comes with just Tim Burton not being there. It was based off a, of, of a poem. And I read the poem. The poem's fuck. It's a fucking long-ass poem, too. Long-ass fucking poem. So it's more like but, a short story than a poem. Yeah, it's a fucking... I hate these poems. The po- you think poem... When I think poem, I think like... Like, like what, haiku. Three, four stanzas? That's all I want. Haiku. That's it? Give me haiku. <laughs> Be yeah. five seven five, whatever the fuck it is. That's all they want. <laughs> One line. You want Shell Shell Silverstein? That's all you but want. But not, but not his voice because the voice is weird. That, that yes, yes, kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> all right, so you gave this a perfect three, which is wrong. I gave it a two point five out of three. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do we, do we have anything else on this one? Mm-hmm. All right, That's well, it. thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, you know the drill. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Five stars only. Tell all your friends because we are the best podcast in the world. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the next one because we're actually going to be in the same room. Jeff and I will be in the same room podcasting. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what album yet, but it's going to be good, I hope. And um, that's it. That's all. He says that in the in the poem it goes and laying his finger on the side of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. That's from what? the fucking poem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when oh, when Santa that. Claus puts his finger on the side of his nose and like gets sucked up that little shoot. Yeah, that's straight out of the night before Christmas. No way! I never. How fucking I, cool is that? I didn't even notice he d- does that in the movie. Wow. It makes no sense why he does it. Why would why why does Santa Claus put his fucking finger on his nose anyway?
I keep doing it as I say it too. <laughs> I don't know why, but I keep. Yeah. She rolled her eyeballs at me. I picked them up and rolled them back at her. <laughs> I fucking hate that, dude. You, you've been singing that since I met you twenty over twenty years ago. <laughs> That's probably like one of the first songs you ever sang when I first met you when we were fourteen or whatever. Jesus Christ. And the freckle song, don't forget the freckle song. Remember the freckle song? I do remember the freckle song. She's got freckles on her butt. She's pretty. 